0: outside London for housing families in B&Bs beyond the legal limit. And Milton Keynes reporter Craig Lewis has more.
1: This year, MK Council spent half a million pounds more on B&B accommodation than in 2012. But that didn't stop the number of families housed illegally beyond the six-week limit, doubling to 60. Council leader Andrew Geary told me B&Bs, along with potholes, are its top priority and, if approved, the £150,000 payment would cover a higher than anticipated spend on homelessness. The council also said it will be contacting everyone in B&Bs to ask them to look again at their housing options.
0: Tesco has revealed it threw away almost 30,000 tons of food in the first six months of this year. It's the first time the hertfordshire based supermarket chain has published its food waste figures. Here's Louisa Baldini.
2: Tesco tracked 25 best-selling products and used data from the Waste and Resources Action Programme to find out how much of its produce is being dumped. It discovered that in the first six months of this year, nearly 30,000 tonnes of food in their stores and distribution centres was discarded. Salad sold in bags was the biggest loser. Nearly 70% is thrown out, half of that in the home. As a result, the supermarket chain will end multi-buy deals on large bags of salad and will promote smaller bags instead. A man from
0: Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won about £20,000. He was £19 in arrears with the payments. In sport, Andros Townsend and Roberto Soldado scored for Tottenham in a 2-0 victory over Aston Villa. And Hertfordshire's Laura Trott won her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. The weather for Beertards and Bucks will be cloudy with heavy rain at times the this morning, turning milder this afternoon. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
3: Thank you, Lee. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show today, and as always, looking forward to your calls. I say looking forward, anticipating them. Perhaps more appropriate. Now, picture this. You're a local council, you're exposed for being the worst at something outside of London, so what do you do? Well, if you're Milton Keynes, you spend even more money doing that thing. We find out why in a few minutes. We had a listener complain about the number of people cycling without lights. We stamp out the problem forever. Or we just moan about it. You decide. And here's one. If you're part of a syndicate in the lottery, you don't pay your weekly fee and they win, do you deserve a share? It's an interesting story. We'll have that one on Facebook, I think. Let's put it on facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text as well if you want, 81333, start your text, 3CR, or you can give me a phone call, 08459 455 555.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Council has been criticised for managing its housing list by putting people in B&Bs beyond the legal six-week limit. But rather than cutting back on the practice... Well, they're actually proposing spending more on it. £150,000 is admittedly a drop in the ocean for local government, but when you consider Milton Keynes has been exposed as the authority with the worst record on this outside London, well, you do have to wonder what's going on. Labour Councillor Nigel Long is the Chair uh, of Health and Adult Social Care Committee. Morning, Nigel. What is going on?
5: Good morning, Ian. I'm not entirely sure why Milton Keynes Council is in such a mess, but I want to perhaps begin by correcting the figure. The figure in the Cabinet papers from last week is what's being spent on B&B is £1.485 million. That was in the cabinet on the sixteenth of october, so i don 't know what the figure of one hundred and fifty so the, the, the
3: Milton Keynes is spending how much it 's proposing
5: to spend one point four eight five million just under one and a half million
3: it 's the one hundred and fifty thousand pounds is, is extra isn 't it compared to to previous spends again, the
5: papers don 't say that the papers say an extra one hundred and seventy two thousand difference to the base budget so
3: that Okay, well, one hundred seventy-two thousand. One hundred seventy-two thousand. Okay, let's let's correct that. I apologise. One hundred seventy-two thousand pounds. Still nothing, is it?
5: No, it's not. And I think it reflects a fundamental problem facing the city, not just the council, the whole city, which is there's not been enough low-cost or affordable housing built in this city over the last well, over the last decade, to be honest. You know, and so we're seeing the long-term consequences of a lack of good quality housing for people on lower incomes. That's the fundamental problem.
3: Milton Keynes does seem to struggle more than most authorities, doesn't it?
5: Well, the problem it's got, and this is quite a fair point, the problem it's got is that it's got a lot of people coming to Milton Keynes for work because the economy's quite buoyant. So lots of people are coming in for work. Lots of people come here because the house prices are cheaper. Lots of people come here to be near their families. So it is a, it is a fundamental problem. But the key answer is not to stick people in bed and breakfast in Williamborough, or
3: Northampton or Devonshire. The real answer is to build more homes. Simple as that. But then why have you got so many people in bed and breakfast? I think, is it 62 families in bed and breakfast longer than the, the six weeks legal limit?
5: I, I, I think that the Conservative Council that we have here has, in all fairness, been trying to deal with the problem. But it is a big problem. But they do, I think, lack a kind of... What's the word they lack a kind of commitment to really get to the bottom of this i know years ago when i was responsible for housing we actually stopped using bed and breakfast and the reason why we did that was because we were absolutely committed to it i think this council needs to if you like put its finger out it needs to do two things it needs to remove the need to put B outside of Milton Keynes so it uses temporary accommodation inside Milton Keynes. It needs to make sure that, that new build housing programme is huge, not just a few properties, a few hundred properties. So it you're saying,
3: Nigel, you're saying that the Milton Keynes Council isn't committed to solving uh, um, the problem of, of homelessness?
5: Well, I think the problem is that we've had such a problem for such a long time and we're performing so poorly compared to other councils. Uh, outside of London that you have to come to the conclusion they're just not doing enough and one of the things they're doing is sticking people in one-bedroom flats and that is a short-term bit of nonsense because at the same time as sticking people in one-bedroom council flats it wants people to move out of houses into those one-bedroom flats because they are bedroom tax so you've got a couple of government policies coming together that are causing problems bedroom tax, lack of investment in low-cost housing And this council is just not getting its finger out and and stopping people being placed outside of Milton Keynes and B&B.
3: What does the council need to do, Nigel? Spend even more money? What what can they do to solve this? I
5: think what they need to do, first and foremost, is stop London councils placing people in bed and breakfast here in Milton Keynes or in temporary accommodation here in Milton Keynes. Something like eight or nine London boroughs are trying to secure properties in Milton Keynes through the private rented sector for homeless families from London. I think... Milton Keynes Council needs to sit down with those councils and say, enough is enough, you can't do that. So that's one thing it needs to do, and that would then free up some private rented properties in Milton Keynes for families who are, who are
3: homeless. And do Milton Keynes, why do Milton Keynes accept these people from London boroughs? Is, well, is it financial, or are they forced to?
5: Uh, well, they don't have a choice, in a sense, because what's happening is that London boroughs, and I can name them all, places like Barnet, Kensington and Chelsea, Westminster Council, actually quite wealthy areas, are liaising with private landlords in Milton Keynes, they're placing adverts in papers in Milton Keynes saying we want your private lets. They get a private let, they then place their person who's homeless in their borough in, into Milton Keynes. The other problem there is what happens is that after six months when those lets finish those people then become the responsibility of Milton Keynes. So I think Milton Keynes Council should put its finger out, talk to those London councils, say you can't do this, enough is enough Secondly, I think it needs to talk to the private landlords in Milton Keynes so that they're able to work with Milton Keynes Council first and foremost and not with London boroughs first and foremost. And most importantly of all, it needs to persuade government to allow Milton Keynes to build hundreds and hundreds of council houses. And to do that, all we need to do that is for the government to remove the arbitrary cap that's on our housing accounts. If that was removed, the council could borrow against its assets, build lots of homes, and we could actually stop this nonsense of bed and breakfast.
3: Nigel, thanks very much for joining us. Labour Councillor uh, Nigel L- uh, Long, Chair of Health and Adult Social Care, 08459 455 555. I met her in the club down in
6: Otto home where you drink champagne and it tastes just like Jericho
7: cola. C-O-L-A, cola
8: She walked up to me. She asked me to dance. I asked her her name, and in a top rum voice she said, "Lola, hello, La la la
3: Bruce has got a book out, hasn't he? I'd like to read it. I don't want to pay the 20 quid for it, though. There's a couple of rock biographies. I want Graham... um, uh, Ray Davis, Graham Nash from Crosby, Stills & Nash. And that'll do for the moment, I think. That'll do for the moment. I'm not greedy. Oh, man, I lost my keys at the weekend. Is there anything more frustrating... House keys, car keys, key ring with picture of my boys on, the zapper for the garage. Can't get into the garage with my zapper. I haven't got it. It's lost somewhere. If you see uh, some keys, anywhere between London and Manchester, for that's where I was at the weekend. Yeah, I met Davy Jones's daughters at the weekend. Yeah, one of them kept calling me Tom. I didn't mind. Then she came and apologised and said, that's all right, Sharon. Sharon's not her name. You see what I did there? Then I think I crossed the line by saying, yeah, actually, Annabelle, you're not my favourite daughter anyway. And she said, oh, I said I was joking. A bit tense after that. Never spoke again. Never no mind, doesn't matter. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, but if you sit... Is, is there anything worse than losing your keys? Yes, I tell you what's more annoying is losing your telephone with all of your phone numbers in it. That's more annoying, but only just. To get car keys made, it's like 200 quid or something, isn't it? For them to cut a car key? I sniff a scam going on there, dear motor vehicle manufacturers. 200 quid for a car key? You've got to be joking. Anyway, that's my personal rant, 08459 455 555, quarter past six, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now, here's Bill Sheldrake. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Morning, well, for a good start so far this Monday morning. Happily, not too much going on. I'll be checking those motorway cameras, the M25, could see hold-ups later on. Tr- uh, Junction 23, South Mims, up to Enfield, Junction 24. They'll do lots of work along that stretch, but nice and quiet so far across Luton. Dunstable and Watford, if you use the trains, to get to work. Again, it's looking absolutely fine. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Thank you very much. <laughs> Right, it's 6.16. It's Monday the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing plans for a new nuclear power station today. Milton Keynes Council is spending an extra £172,000 putting homeless people in bed and breakfast next year. And a Bletchley man has missed out on a syndicate lottery win because he was away from work with cancer. The weather will be cloudy this morning with heavy rain. Coming up, cyclists. Love them or hate them, they should be displaying their lights. Oh, we've had a complaint from a listener, and not all of them are doing that. Naughty, naughty, naughty.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you...
1: 30 years ago, Doug
3: Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun.
10: It was getting other people involved, um, just doing everything. I'm just just a person that just loves to do things.
9: Nick Coffer. EOS
11: have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their
1: version of the Tony Award-winning musical Rent.
12: 525,600
1: minutes. Quirkology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of himself.
10: Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
10: This is Chet and Partuk.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs>
13: You know I don't like watching anybody make the same mistakes that I've made She's a real nice girl and she's always there for you But a nice girl wouldn't tell you what you should do Oh listen boy, I'm sure that you think you got it all under control You don't want somebody telling you the way to stay some someone's soul to me Wished you were there. Tell her about it every day before you leave. Pay her some attention, give her something to believe. Cause now and then she'll get to worrying just because you have been spoken for so long. And though you may not have done anything, Well will have consolation when she's gone Listen boy is good information from a man who's made mistakes Just a word or two that she gets from you could be the difference that it makes She's a trusting
3: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, Three CR. Or, of course, you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Now, as I say, we're always looking for stories from you, dear listener. If something is happening to you or you've spotted something or something's got you angry or made you happy, then do get in touch using any of those ways I've just given. Uh, And you could be, uh, uh, your story could be featured on the show. Well, on Friday, Stuart from Kempston contacted us about the number of cyclists on the roads without lights uh, when he goes to work. And he he wasn't sure if it was illegal or not. Well, we'll speak to Stuart after 7 o'clock to find out exactly what happened. We have checked, uh, and it is an offence not to display lights. In fact, in the last year, Thames Valley Police, which covers Buckinghamshire, issued 349 fixed penalty notices for cyclists not displaying lights. And across the three counties, there were 593 accidents involving cyclists. So I'm joined now by Doug Hook. Doug is a cyclist from Bedfordshire and writes the Cycle Hub blog. He does use lights, and it, it's looking, Doug, like you've, you've cycled in this morning. Is that correct? I have, yes. What is it about bicycles? I, I was just saying to you, I'm not really a cyclist, Every now and then I kind of dust it uh-huh. off and go for a little trip to the shops.
14: What is it about cycling? Cycling in general? Yeah. It's, uh, there's, there's many things, Ian. It's a fantastic way of keeping fit. Mm-hmm. something that we all need to do these days. It's a brilliant means of getting from A to B as a, as a way of uh, transporting yourself, whether you're going shopping, going to work. And it's just a very pleasurable thing to do. Now, you do dis- you do uh,
3: display lights. You've got one on the back of your helmet uh-huh. uh, and uh, just one at the front of your bike, I would assume.
14: That's how it works, isn't uh, it? I also have I have one on the back of my bike, it's right. really bright, there's okay. no missing me, and I also wear a bright yellow jacket, now I know that I probably look a bit like a Christmas tree. <laughs> and uh, from time to time people might laugh at me but but who cares I want to be seen on the road that's the thing isn't it I do think some people go well no listen I'm not going to
3: wear a fluorescent jacket or the strips and I'm not going to I'll look like an idiot but surely it's better to look like an
14: idiot than get knocked down by a car isn't it that That seems obvious well absolutely absolutely it it, it goes without question we're all road users we all have a responsibility to ourselves and we have a responsibility to each other and in taking care of ourselves we need to do these things it's not expensive to go and buy lights. You you can buy a set of lights on a bike for maybe £20 and that's nothing in the scheme of things really. If you want to dress up like a Christmas tree like I do, maybe that's a little bit more. Um, But it's a really worthwhile thing to do. Uh, I'd like to add also, I I, I drive a car, I'm a motorist, I'm Mm -hmm. not exclusively a cyclist and it scares the living daylights out of me when I see a cyclist without lights and especially if they come out of nowhere. It's a really scary thing and cyclists without lights are vulnerable and you're exactly right what you say it's illegal it's against the law mm.
3: and particularly at this time of year when it's getting darker earlier it's uh, and i've seen it cyclists just dressed in in black you know wearing dark jeans wearing a dark hoodie riding around with no lights on and it, it is it is terrifying. you say lights are cheap 20 quid for a set of lights are they any good because we were just talking before uh, before you came on air that you you c- can buy one light for sort of three hundred, three hundred and
14: fifty quid. What's the difference? Well, that's right. The the bare minimum ones, the ones that's going to cost you about twenty quid. That, that that's enough to keep you on the right side of the law. Right. If you want to be really safe, I'd recommend having a, a brighter light, mm. one that's going to be a little bit more dependable. Uh, you don't necessarily need to spend three hundred pounds on that. That's a lot of money. Yes. yes, you could buy a bike for that um normally a little bit more will will uh will be of benefit to you it's not a bad thing to have a spare light as well uh just in case something goes wrong you've already commented i've got on the back of my helmet light they're really conspicuous i bought that up i I picked that up uh, over the weekend in the local bike shop and it makes me feel safe having Mm. that it's a good thing to do do you spot lots of cyclists without their lights on there's a few around, yeah, yeah, not too many um, yeah. so i'm I'm pleased that they're being spoken to by the authorities. that's good, but there are some around, thankfully, not many. I think they're in the minority and do other cyclists do cyclists kind of confront each other and say anything, or is it do you, do you just kind of note it and tut as they cycle on <laughs> i've not had any uh, experience myself of doing that, um whether people decide to do anything, well, that's a matter for themselves. I think it's probably more a case of checking, making sure someone's OK, they're not mm. lost, rather than uh, as you say, tutting, saying you're, not, you, you're riding without your lights, this is a bad thing to do. I would check, make sure someone's OK if I had now, the opportunity. cycling divides
3: people and we will get people this morning phoning up saying, oh, get cyclists off the road. We don't want cyclists on the road. There are menace to people. Some, someone will suggest later on today, I'm sure, that cyclists
14: shouldn't ride when it's dark what would you say to them I can understand that I think cyclists should be allowed to ride and I'd encourage people to ride but to do it safely Mm. uh, with lights and so on it's a great thing to do it's a great experience Uh, we we were speaking just a few minutes ago Ian about the delights of riding through the night in the middle of the summer in the Cotswolds fantastic experience to do more day to day cycling that we can do. It's a fantastic means of transport. We need to be considerate towards each other. Cyclists need to obey the rules just like car drivers are expected to obey the rules. If we obey, obey the rules or we'll get on okay with each other, that'll be safe.
3: It's just such hard work though, Doug. <laughs> I've got a bike and every now and then I'll get it, I'll dust it off, I'll go for a little ride to the shops. Half a mile, my legs are killing me. My backside is it
14: feels awful. Well, I know exactly how you feel. We've all started, and I've come back to cycling in recent years, yep. and yes, I know exactly how you feel. The trick, Ian, f- and for anyone else, is just to build it up very slowly, and you'll soon find that that half a mile will become two miles, ten miles, very easy to do. Doug, listen, you've got a blog. G- give a plug for your blog. Where can people read? What, what kind of stuff are you writing about? Well, it's called the cyclehub.net, yep. and I blog about uh, cycling, keeping fit. It's just my own pastime that seems to, be, uh, seems to have a growing readership. Uh, some of my friends and I, we're also going to undertake a bit of a challenge next year. Mm. We're going to cycle from one side of the country to the other side of the country. This is 150 miles, oh all in one day. Oh, dear. Doug, <laughs> come on, just
3: sit at home and watch, watch telly, for goodness sakes.
14: Well, the last thing I want to do, Ian, is to be an, an old man in a nursing home, 100 years old, thinking... Why didn't I do that? Well, yeah. I had the chance. Good for you. Doug, nice to see you again. Thank you very much for coming in. That's Doug
3: Hook, 08459 double five five double five is the phone number.
12: Give me a ticket for an aeroplane Ain't got time to take a fair train Lonely days ago, I'm a-going home My baby just wrote me a letter I don't care how much money I gotta spare. Got to get back to my baby again A letter. When well, she wrote me a letter, said she couldn't live without me no more. Listen, Mister, can't you see I got to get back to my baby once more? Anyway, yeah, buy a ticket for an airplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Don't. A letter. When she wrote me a letter, said she couldn't live without me no more. Listen, Mister, can't you see I got to get back to my baby once more? Anyway, yeah, a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to.
3: Glists without lights, have you seen them? Do they get on your wick? I've seen quite a few uh, in the area where I live and they are a pain in the backside. The ones without, the ones with lights, good for you. Well done, excellent work. The ones without lights, what on earth can we do? 08459 oh, five, 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Uh, Just checking those motorways, all looking fine so far, including the M1 and the M25 up from Junction 19, if you're heading clockwise in the Heathrow direction. Uh, Watford looking nice and quiet as well, so basically no reported problems. And public transport, all looking fine. I've been checking those commuter routes uh, heading into London, Euston. That's all looking absolutely fine. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
0: I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the government is set to approve the UK's first new nuclear plant in a generation today. EDF will lead a consortium including Chinese investors to build the power station in Somerset. Milton Keynes Council is spending an extra £170,000 putting homeless people in bed and breakfast next year. It was recently named as the worst authority outside London for housing families in B&Bs beyond the legal limit. Tesco has revealed it threw away almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. It's the first time the Hertfordshire-based supermarket chain has published its food waste figures. And a man from Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won around £20,000. The weather will be cloudy with heavy rain at times this morning, turning milder this afternoon. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Andros Townsend had a starring role in Tottenham's 2-0 victory over Aston Villa, but the England midfielder wasn't the only Spurs player to impress manager andre villas Vélez-Boas as they moved to fifth in the table.
2: Great performance from the team, great individual performances for people who had taken this opportunity, like uh, Kirikas, Sandro Oldby, good to see him out there, and then uh, Andros you know, really put on the show. I think he grew uh, in the second half alongside the team, so he started getting the ball out wide to him and he started driving it forward to create uh, lots of attacking opportunities.
0: The MK Dons needed a late winner from Patrick Bamford to see off Rotherham at the Stadium MK. The Chelsea loanee scored his 12th goal of the season to the delight of Dons manager Carl Robinson.
15: I had a chat with Neil Bath about him yesterday. who's was head of Chelsea Academy. I spoke to Eddie Newton on the way here, and we were talking about him, and they really care for the boy. They see a future for him. If you're a Chelsea fan, you've got a special footballer waiting for you to, to grace your pitch. His path at Chelsea has nothing to do with us. All we can do is whilst he's here is make him a better footballer, and I think he's uh, what was he saying 12 in the last. 11th games. That's a remarkable record for a 20 year old boy.
0: And the Dons host Carlisle in League One tomorrow, while Stevenage go to crew, Wickham Wanderers visit Portsmouth in League Two. And finally, Cheers Laura Trott won her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at seven o'clock.
4: Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
0: This is Nesta McGregor. What?
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now, Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. Morning, Catherine. Hello. You're looking very mauve. I am. Like um, Prince, the purple pervert, the (laughs) the, the miniature pop star. He's only four foot eight. Isn't that incredible?
16: Yeah, but he's a pocket rocket. He's a pocket rocket. He slammed a whole lot of rock and roll.
3: I don't like Prince, but I went and saw him in concert once. Um, Well, you know when he did that 21 nights Mm -hmm. and I paid a fortune, paid a fortune to get fourth row seats, fourth row seats. And he did different songs Some nights he did hits And some nights he did rubbish songs And some nights he did religious songs And uh, he was there He was doing a hit Because I was um, What was it? Let's say it was Raspberry Bray Probably Raspberry Bray Uh, No, it was Little Red Corvette One of those two Because those are the only two I know And uh, I was singing so loudly along with him That he looked at me And gave me a really dirty look As if to say What are you doing? I'm Prince I'm singing it Just me now Yeah And the same thing happened When I went to see Neil Diamond once I was singing um, Cracklin' Rosie so loudly, he gave me a dirty look. Re- like, really just <laughs> really stared me out. I Were you thought, singing
16: the proper words?
3: or I was singing that really well.
16: I got a bit obsessed with Prince after yeah. seeing a tribute band. He never did anything for me. No. Prince, I just thought, a mm, bit, little bit of an odd person. He's a purple pervert. And, you know, he was a bit scary to me as a yeah. child growing up in the 80s. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> but yeah. When I went to Las Vegas, there was this guy um, for free in the, one of the lounges, wow. and he was strangely attractive. Yeah. Who, who, and I can sort of see why people...
3: Hang on a minute, you've, you've missed out I'm assuming he was a prince impersonator. He was, and he was dressed not up said him and he
16: was tiny. You said
3: there was a bloke in, the, in a yeah, lounge.
16: Normally, I don't go for men in like, lycra,
3: yeah, unitards,
16: no. and, and the sort of dancing was a little bit sexist from the girls. It was brilliant. All in all, a spectacle. And actually, now I see what it is. He's just really charismatic.
3: Raspberry beret. And now I love him. He did a ten-minute jam, though. Oh, really? Where he spent the whole ten minutes going, Whoa, funky London. And we then (laughs) had to go, we then had to reply to Prince... Whoa, funky London. My um, brother in law went and saw him as well. And there's a, there's a really good bit in the show where he got like about 20 people from the audience up on stage to dance. And so there's always people on, st- like, like hot women and hot guys. Uh, and they got one or two Munters in just so, you know, that <laughs> it couldn't out. be done. And they're all like, whoa, we're on stage with Prince. This is all. And they're all kind of dancing. And some are going up and dancing with him. And some are dancing with the backing singers. And my brother in law and sister saw him. Uh, and they got these people up on stage, and everyone's dancing, and there was one guy who just stood there, didn't know what to do. <laughs> now, I, 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 I don't know how to describe this. You'll have to describe the dance we that's about okay. to do. So he's just there. He's just stood there, not quite sure what to do. He's in the O2, 16,000 people, and he just goes...
16: Oh, right, he did the shaking Stephen's knee swapper.
3: <laughs> he had his hands on his knees, he put his <laughs> knees together, the so hands swapped on the other side. That's all I could <laughs> That's do. Brilliant. That's not very funky London, is it?
16: No, because when you listen to Prince, you have to put your stink face on. Yeah, Don't you that you, that,
3: that? Yeah, you've got to get down a nasty girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, love right. Prince. I love Prince. The newspapers. Yes. What have you got?
16: Um, Something that might make you put your stink face on. Head who told parents not to smoke at school gates is hit by hate campaign. Well, well, Not hit, just hate campaign.
3: Hate campaign.
16: A head teacher, this is from the Daily Mail, thanks Daily Mail. A head teacher sent in uh, to transform a failing primary has become the victim of a hate campaign after asking parents to stop smoking at the school gates. Good for her! You know, if you're going to stop smoking once you get into the school gates, then surely you do have sort of a a decency barrier. So why do you think the kids can't see you if you're the other side of the railings? Well,
3: there was a a school last week which you probably missed. Because uh, you weren't here, where um, they were giving, they would confiscate cigarettes off the kids. Right then, at break time, they're giving the fags back. What? They were giving the fags back to eleven-year-olds. Yeah, yes. And they said because uh, the argument was uh, that we know what it's like dealing with uh, you know if, with nicotine withdrawal. So the, the kids focus more if they've uh, if they're smoked up. That is bonkers, isn't it?
16: <laughs> it's absolutely screw
4: But
3: also, parents um, smoking outside schools, just don't do it. I know. I, can I just say, I, I do think if your parents, if your parents, if you're a parent and you smoke, uh, it, that's kind of a child abuse, isn't it? That's kind of an abuse.
16: The back of the car thing, I can't, I can't understand. I also don't understand how you can smoke and then hold... I mean, a beautiful newborn baby, bring yep. that baby to your nose, smell the baby powder and all the lovely smells and some of the nasty smells as well. But don't make it stink of fags, for no, heaven's sake.
3: There's a brilliant... I saw, <laughs> yeah, this, The, 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 the uh, pastors is like a foreign country. They do things differently there. And there's, I watched a brilliant documentary about Marty Feldman, the uh, goggle-eyed comedian. Uh, and it was, it was kind of about 1969. Uh, and there's a brilliant shot of him where he's, he goes to a school. He's trying to find out what comedy is. And he goes to a school and he's talking to these kids like six or seven. So he's crouched down with these six or seven year olds. And he's got a fag on. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you find funny? Yeah. <sighs> okay, interesting.
16: <laughs> it's, it's so odd, isn't it? I'm still trying to wean my daughter off the uh, pretend cigarettes because she's seen people smoking. Stick,
3: stick a Winnie the Pooh plaster on her. That will. Uh,
16: what? Well, yeah, the patches. That Go her. that way. I'm quite looking forward to be it's talking to smokers. Is, is he got? A, is that a fag or is that a pen?
3: That's a fag on.
16: That's Peter O'Toole on the front page. Because he's a fag on. Right, he was a very handsome man, wasn't he, at one point?
3: Beautiful. Kind
16: of dignified and. slightly demonic. Peter O'Toole uh, has decided that he's not going to be joining in with the National Theatre's 50-year celebrations because he's 81 and he can't be bothered. I'm quite looking forward to those years when I can just tell people to get
3: lost. Uh, Hello, is that Peter O'Toole? It's the National Theatre. We thought um, we might like jog on National Theatre jog on! (laughs) I've done my bit. There's the the Express uh, a very British problem uh, it's um, uh, a, a list of things. Uh, uh, Rob Temple has compiled a collection of some of the most acute embarrassments, extreme awkwardness, and cringe making insecurities. Okay, so this is what we do. I identified with a few of these. Realizing you're in the process of exiting a busy lift on the wrong floor, ploughing on regardless. Yeah, you have to. Of course you do. You can't. Any po- oh, no. so you s- Straight out. And
16: you can't start making those noises that. up, oh. oh. Uh, oh, yep. just get out.
3: Get get out and Start do it. it out. Um out. Uh, pausing your conversation for the duration of a journey in a crowded lift. Um, discovering that your reserved seat on the train has been occupied by someone who looks quite settled, so you decide to stand. That's what we do, isn't it? Uh, being tempted to allow your bladder to explode rather than wake a fellow plane passenger. Um, and oh, here's one. This is this is a great one. I do this. Coughing when walking down a pavement at night to indicate to the person ahead of you that you're there and that you're definitely not going to attack them. The result, they immediately think you're going to attack them. <laughs> you do that, don't you? <clears throat>
16: I think that might be a man woman thing.
3: Yes, man woman.
16: People really think I'm going to attack them unless they're right.
3: You're quite. Um, you've got. Oh no, I've started this sentence. It's pro- You've got big hands. Me. Yeah. Tiny hands. are talking about. You could strangle a, an Alsatian with one hand. I would never do that. No, no, just for legalism, she would never do that. And any accusations in the past, let's just say that court, court, uh, court case was uh, settled out of court, wasn't it? One more story, big hands.
16: I have not got big hands. <laughs> oh. What are you talking about? I've got dinky, tiny, actually, freakishly small you do? hands. Me, hold I do on, wear hold children's on. gloves. Oh, hold oh, my God, they are tiny, look. Yep. How do you do that? I just I didn't how, grow them. How do you type? I just... <laughs> fast and nifty.
3: <laughs> You've got one more.
16: Uh, I haven't got any more. Oh. Hang on. Carry on, you carry on. Well, oh, Emma Thompson. Okay, no, you got She's one. She's on the front page of yes, the paper, the yes. Times. Um, Disney Times. She's at um, a thing about P.L. Travers, the um, writer of... Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Who, Annette, again, was one of those very great sort of British-type characters and told Disney to jog on, more yes. or less. Um, just because I like Emma Thompson.
3: But, that's, but th- this is another um, film with Tom Hanks. Can I just... I love Tom Hanks. Well, now, you think you love no, Tom I Hanks. No, I do love Tom Hanks. Why? Um, because he's like a dad. Exactly. I don't want dads in my movies. And
16: because he was in Big. Oh. Which would never get made now, would it? Why? Because of the morning after thing. What's the He mor- was a child.
3: Oh, and he had a... Tom Hanks. That wasn't Tom Hanks, that was Billy Bragg. I kind of get him. But Tom Hanks, he's just, he's too... He's nice, he's like a blank canvas and we project what we want onto him. He doesn't act, we just project onto him all of the roles that he plays. Forrest Gump, oh my goodness, gracious me. He's the Michael Bublé of acting, isn't he? Just that bland, moon-faced, I'm sure he's a nice bloke, got no secrets, nothing kinky going on, no no, no bad habits, you know, I'm... (laughs) Tom Hanks, ladies and gentlemen. I'll give you Tom Hanks. And I'm sure if I met him, I'd be charmed by him. Then afterwards, I'd think, hmm, w- w- what happened there? Not a lot. Not a lot. It's like, it's like eating a, 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 a crisp salad. At the time, you're kind of sort of enjoying it, but afterwards you go, hmm, I can't quite remember what it tasted of. Oh, wait, 455 four, double, five, five, double, five. It's a quarter to seven. Let's get the travel.
9: Thank you. Uh, M25, right, we've got something going on, actually. Some animals on the carriageway. This is anti-clockwise. 17 to 16, so between Maple Cross and the M40. Watch out for them. I, don't, I don't know what type of animals they are, but anyway, watch out for them. It's looking slow now from Junction 18. Uh, some news as well for the A6 on the southbound stretch. This is at the Sharnbrook roundabouts. Uh, we've got the diesel diesel spillage, getting a few calls in this, actually, telling us that some cars are spinning and swerving, my goodness, as they uh, you go through the affected area. Uh, train services, though, are all, heady, are all the key including possibly your lunch commute. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. Bill, thank you very much. 6.46, it's Monday the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing plans to build a new nuclear power station today. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. And coming up, a man from Bletchley has missed out on a syndicate lottery win because he was away from work with cancer. Well, should he have got part of that win or the, the, the syndicate quite right to cut him out? 08459 five nine four We'll talk about that and more after the weather with Kate Kinsella.
17: Good morning, well we're hanging on to the rather autumnal, unsettled theme as we head through the new working week. This morning we may have a little bit of dryness first thing this morning, but unfortunately the rain is on its way. Some rather heavy downpours expected as well as we head through the latter part of the morning. Drying out a little bit as we head into the afternoon, but it's still staying mild. The maximum temperature getting up to around 17 Celsius. Overnight, some rain at first. The wind will ease a little, a really strong wind as we head through the afternoon. A strengthening southerly breeze which we will hang on to to a certain extent overnight tonight. That's going to keep any mist and fog at bay. And it's a mild night, the temperature not dropping down too far at all, the minimum down to around 14 Celsius. For the rest of the week, we're hanging on to the unsettled theme. Tomorrow, more rain on the way, the wind staying with us as well. But the good news is we are hanging on to that mild air from the south, the maximum tomorrow getting up to around, again, 17 Celsius. Thank you very much.
10: Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer.
18: They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurements and it just will not fit.
19: A
1: company. We've asked the council, but now they come up with a new excuse. It's not them, it's down to the wave. And he said, well, I'm sorry, that's your policy. Oh, well, maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box.
10: And me getting to the bottom of it all.
20: And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus. Would not be
10: affected. The JVS show fights
4: for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: criticising workmates who cut him out of their winning lottery syndicate when he couldn't keep up with payments. Alan Heisman heard his colleagues have won £20,000 while he was off work undergoing cancer treatment. And while he admits signing an agreement that non-payment of syndicate fees would lead to expulsion, he feels they should have given him his share of the winnings. It would have been about £2,500. Well, Paul Gilbert is a solicitor. Paul, he's signed himself out of the deal, hasn't he?
1: Basically, Ian, you're absolutely right, and in a way, this is precisely why having a written agreement as this syndicate had is such a good idea, because it deals with these sorts of situations. I think often when people um, get into an arrangement like this, they think, oh, we don't need a written agreement because we're all uh, good friends, we're not going to uh, do anyone down. But then you get a situation like this, and um, as you rightly say, in the agreement says, if you um, if you don't pay, then you get it, then you're you're expelled. The, I think the interesting question is, were they still buying his ticket? Mm. Um, be interesting to know that uh, because um, that may um, may think put things in a slightly different light. But on the face of it, he's got a problem.
3: It's tough though, isn't it? If I got together with Catherine here and Kelly Betts and Justin Daly and, and Paul Scoint and we said, hey, let's do, let's, listen, let's join that idiot's tax. Let's, let's do a lottery syndicate. But for one of us to bring up signing a contract though, it, it, it would be a little awkward, wouldn't it?
1: yeah well, it would, uh, and in fact um, but, but you see in a lot of ways in i mean it 's a bit like you know why do people sign or why do they why do we have prenuptial agreements uh, you, you know it 's another one of those um, examples, such as the one you 've just given, where people are you know they 're concerned they 're worried they don 't want to upset anybody uh, but but in the end, it gives clarity mm. and, and that 's really the point and and it, it's very, it, in a way it's very for me it's very personal because the number of times I, I speak to, to friends um, uh, and they say well look we're going to do this and I say well have you thought about a written agreement just in case things don't, oh no 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 that's not going to happen we all, you know, we're all good friends as I'm sure you are with your colleagues um, and then something like well.
3: this uh, <laughs> uh, This fellow had cancer though Paul, is there not a, a certain sense of oh let's give you know, he's, he's been off sick he's been very poor, he's been undergoing treatment
1: Well, uh, you know, Ian, uh, you're so right in the sense that what are we talking about, the difference between sharing um, £2,850 between all the syndicate members, including uh, Alan Heisman, or Mm. £2,500? And just because you have an agreement doesn't mean that you can't take a more sympathetic view, doesn't mean you can't do something um, slightly differently. Uh, and and you're, you're quite right. It, 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 although the law says uh, that uh, you know, this is the position, doesn't mean you can't take a different position, because, you know, take a, a more compromised view. And Paul, do many cases
3: like this go to court? And, and, and if so, who, who generally wins?
1: Well, uh, generally they, they don't, um, although in a lot of ways an indicator of the fact that um, things like this have happened before is that these people have gone to the trouble of having a yeah. agreement... Uh, so, uh, it's, you know, this isn't the first, certainly this is not one of the first of these stories I've, I've discussed on three counties, actually, interestingly. So it's not the first time. So they, sometimes they do very rarely. In reality, because of the costs involved, when you look at the amounts, now it is, um, or rather it would be what's called a small claim. In other words, there'd be no legal fees that you could recover, but it's, it's all the other time uh, that will be involved in doing it, and that's why they tend not to.
3: Paul, I appreciate your time this morning. Paul's a solicitor. What do you think, this gentleman? He couldn't pay into his lottery syndicate because he was off getting treatment for cancer. They win a few grand. He feels left out. Do you feel sorry for Mr Heisman? Or do you think, yeah? Yeah, you're trying it on. Good luck. Russell in Dorking says, I bet he does think he should win, but rules is rules. And Gary Warden says, he didn't pay. Tough luck, mate. Unlucky. could Couldn't Anybody does the lottery. It's an idiot's tax, isn't it? Here's something. You, you listening to this now, you are never going to win. Add up all the money you've spent on the lottery over the years. Go on, do it. Do it. And then, then work out how much money you've won. And then work out how much money you're down. And picture the... Nice holiday you could have booked with that money.
8: I mean, again, so win time, win you
3: know Don't touch it. 08459 oh, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Right, coming up to seven o'clock, let's get the latest travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: Well, there were some animals in the carriageway. Where is this? It was the M25 anti-clockwise, 17 to 16. But they have left you cues though. I think they've disappeared right now. Look at Slothman Junction 18 uh, from Chorley Wood. Got something going on on the A6 as well at the Brook roundabout. It's a, a diesel spillage. Getting a few calls and it's telling us that some cars are spinning and swerving. So it's obviously pretty dangerous. So do take care. Look at the live departures boards for your train journey. If you're heading out from Bedford, for example, maybe Luton, maybe Milton Keynes Central. They're all looking nice and healthy, those live departures boards. Bill Sheldrake, BBC, Three Counties Radio.
3: Bill, thank you very much. What happened to Adam Glynn? Where's he gone? Probably still recovering from his birthday last week. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Coming up in the next hour, are politicians allowed to have a past? Well, one Labour MP has uh, written on a blog that a newspaper is trying to find some topless photos she did as a teenager. Well, politicians are allowed to have a past, aren't they?
4: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
10: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: 7 o'clock I'm Liac knew the headlines plans for a new nuclear power station more money to house the Milton Keynes homeless in bed and breakfasts and a Bletchley man misses out on a syndicate lottery win BBC 3 Counties Radio The government has announced the UK's first new nuclear plant in a generation the French owned energy firm EDF will lead a consortium including Chinese investors to build the power station in Somerset but professor of energy studies Steve Thomas says nuclear power is expensive
5: that with the renewables where the cost curve is going down very steeply so solar
11: panels are getting much cheaper wind farms are getting cheaper nuclear seems a very
5: uh, expensive option uh, and in the past we've decided against pursuing nuclear power and that's really why we lost our capability because the fundamental economics weren't very good
0: Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. Recently it was exposed as the worst authority outside London for housing families in B&Bs beyond the legal limit. Labour councillor Nigel Long, who's chair of the council's Health and Adult Social Care Committee, says it's a situation that's been brewing for some time.
5: I think it... Reflects a fundamental problem facing the city, not just the council, the whole city, which is there's not been enough low-cost or affordable housing built in this city over the last well, over the last decade. To be honest, you know, and so we're seeing the long-term consequences of a lack of good-quality housing for people on lower incomes.
0: Tesco has revealed it threw away almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. It's the first time the Hertfordshire-based supermarket chain has published its food waste figures. Here's Louisa Baldini.
2: Tesco tracked 25 best-selling products and used data from the Waste and Resources Action Programme to find out how much of its produce is being dumped. It discovered that in the first six months of this year, nearly 30,000 tonnes of food in their stores and distribution centres was discarded. Salad sold in bags was the biggest loser. Nearly 70% is thrown out, half of that in the home. As a result, the supermarket chain will end multi-buy deals on large bags of salad and will promote smaller bags instead. A
0: man from Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won about £20,000. He was £19 in arrears with the payments. In sport, Andros Townsend and Roberto Soldado scored for Tottenham in a 2-0 victory over Aston Villa. And half Hertfordshire's Laura Trott won her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. The weather for bedtards and bunks will be cloudy with heavy rain at times this morning. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
3: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm a little bit breathy. Can you hear me breathing? A bit breathy today. Not another cold. I was in Manchester at the weekend, so I think that's the home of colds, quite possibly. Lots coming up, including this. Picture this. You're a local council. You're exposed for being one of the worst at something outside of London. So what do you do? Well, if you're Milton Keynes, you spend even more money doing that thing we find out what and indeed why in the next few minutes. We had a listener complain about the number of people cycling without lights. So on the show this morning, we're going to stamp out the problem forever. Or or just moan about it a bit. And if you're part of a syndicate and you don't pay your weekly fee and they win, do you deserve a share? Okay, how about if it's because you're in hospital with cancer? Does that change it a bit? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts,
10: and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Lots of you having your say on Facebook about this uh, gentleman who missed out on the share of a £20,000 win uh, in his lottery syndicate at work. He was off for several weeks because he was having treatment for cancer. And as a result, he didn't pay his pound a week or whatever it is these days. The syndicate wins 20 grand. He doesn't get a share. He's a little bit upset. Uh, Nettie says, it would be on the consciousness of those others. If he paid in every time other than when he was in hospital, uh, I think I would give him the money as he normally paid. But hospital treatment was priority. If a little bit airy-fairy about paying, then no, as the intention is different. He may not have paid that week anyway. Jenny says, you've got to be in it to win it. He should expect nothing. That said, if the syndicate vote in favour, I would hope, in the circumstances, they're better nature they would win, assuming they're not put off by a misplaced feeling of entitlement. Uh, and Andy says it would depend if it was his line that won. Non-payment should have excluded it, but that may have been entered. If not, it's unlucky. Bit harsh. The fella had cancer. He was off for several weeks getting treatment for cancer. Is the syndicate being a little bit tight in not giving him a share of twenty grand? It's about £2,800. It's not that much money. It's not that much money. you spread it around the other people, they won't be getting that much of the back of it. What do you think? 08 459 455555. Now, Milton Keynes' council has been criticised for managing its housing list by putting people in B&Bs beyond the six-week limit but rather than cutting back on the practice, they're actually proposing spending more on it. Well, five months ago, the authority was exposed as having the worst record than this outside London. Now it's proposing spending an extra £172,000 on temporary accommodation. I'm joined by Paul. He and his family have been living in a B&B until pretty recently. Uh, Good morning, Paul. How did you end up living in a B&B?
21: Good morning. Um, I got served with Section 21 because the tenancy was... um was up which i lived in private rental for four years and then you know i told the council within my two months of getting this notice um and they said there's nothing they can do so
3: so you ended up in a b&b what was it like
21: um well i'm still in there now um i've been shipped around numerous places and um it's it's not it's the, the one i'm in now is fine um the one that, the previous ones i've been in in bedford um are pretty pretty grim it's not somewhere you want to live
3: and are you there on your own or are you there with your family who's who's with you um my par- oh. sorry uh, paul my partner and my two children your partner and your two children and and you th- 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 are you all sharing the same room
21: yes we all share the same room. that's
3: got to be hard work is not it how old are the kids
21: Uh, We've got an 18-month and um, an 8-year-old.
3: Okay, well, sharing the room with the 18-month, you can kind of understand that, but with an 8-year-old, that's got to be tough.
21: Yeah, we're in our fifth month now, and it is very, very hard, very hard.
3: And what are the council saying to you, Paul?
21: Um, Just sit tight and wait, really. Um, Something will come up when they've got something suitable. Um, But in previous times, they've told me lots of things that I need to for surf because I'm I I work, you know, all week, then I'm I should be able to provide for my family. So if I for surf then my children would get housed quicker. Um
3: Wow. That's what that's it, what the councillor's suggesting to you.
21: Yeah yeah, this is um five months ago when we first got in this situation. Yeah, they suggested to me that I need to for surf so my um my partner and my kids get housed quicker.
3: So what's what's the latest you've heard, Paul? Are, are, are any indication, any time frame, or do you think this could um, just drag on and on and on?
21: Well, when you call up, and, you know, you hear that other people are being housed. Um, you call up and they just tell you the same story that, you know, something suitable will come up, we've got nothing suitable for you. Mm. Um, and just recently, last week, we have been um, offered a place which is suitable for us. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, It does actually work in the end, but you do have to hassle.
3: And when are you Uh, you moving in? uh, We don't know. Okay.
21: It could be another month. We don't know. But
3: there is a place with your name on it?
21: Yeah, Housing Association,
3: yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's great news, Paul. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Been in there for five months, being in B&B for five months. Um, It sounds a nightmare, doesn't it? Eight-year-old kid, 18-month-old kid, him and his wife. Share in a room in a and b That can't be fun, can it? 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is Ian Lee.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Yes. Let's have a look at the front pages of the newspapers, shall we? There's not... There's not a lot going on. Um to be honest the the, the fact that most of the front pages have got a picture of Emma Thompson um, on the front page means there's not really a lot going on Uh, Welby growth is not enough Britain needs to be a more caring society on top of economic success as the Archbishop of Canterbury okay right yeah fears of rising bills as deal is struck for new nuclear plant hey China are going to own our nuclear power that's awesome isn't it I think that's awesome the Chinese know what they're doing with nuclear power Those guys, we've got no reason to mistrust those guys. No reason at all. Britain's first nuclear power plant, which will be owned by the Chinese, is expected, It's the first plant uh, plant in a generation, is expected to be given the go-ahead by the government today. Despite concerns, the deal could lead to a rise in energy bills to subsidise the project. (laughs) Higher energy bills? Come on, that ain't going to happen. Ed Davey, the energy secretary, claims that the cut price deal with the French company EDF Energy to build a nuclear plant at Hinkley Point in Somerset is good for Britain, not good for Hinkley Point, and will eventually help to reduce bills. After more than a year of negotiations, ministers agreed to guarantee EDF a strike price of £92.50 for every megawatt hour. I'm lost in those numbers there. Uh, and school conquers an old chestnut of the playground. On finding his pupils had no idea to. This is a front page story, okay, on the Telegraph. Front page. On finding his pupils had no idea how to play conquers, a head teacher struck a blow for traditional playground games. James Catamol, Mr Catamol to you and I Decided to put on Conker Lessons Oh, for goodness sakes That's that's what we're dealing with That's the front page of a newspaper Let's see if the times get any better Oh, look, it's Emma Thompson again Now I like Emma Thompson She's not front page news, really French will cash in on UK nuclear power deal House rises rise Boring, boring Let's have a look at the guy It's Emma Thompson again this time with her husband, Tom Hanks. Coalition signs off on Britain's nuclear rebirth. Hoon. <laughs> who gave green light to go spying? Is it who? or Hewn? Hewn. Is it Hewn? I'd say Hewn. Chris Hewn? Chris Hewn. This is calling Chris? Yeah. OK. Chris, the former cabinet minister. Chris, he's the guy that went to prison and has shown no signs of remorse. Prison Chris. He showed no signs of remorse. And did you hear his wife on Five Live last week? Showing no signs of remorse. Show some remorse, you two suckers. I said suckers. You put your own word in there. The former cabinet minister, Chris, prison Chris, has called for an investigation into which Labour cabinet ministers signed off. Jesus. Oh, boring. Okay. So boring so far. Let's see. The independent. Ah! There's no Emma Thompson on the front page of The Independent. It's Peter O'Toole with a fag on while he slips a sock on elegantly. They've, they've ignored the nuclear power and they've gone firms running NHS care avoiding millions in tax. Companies receiving lucrative government contracts to run care services looking after tens of thousands of vulnerable people are avoiding millions boring. Daily Express. There's a picture of uh, a posh girl. House prizes, sore again. Boring. It's not, it's not good, the Daily Mail. Now we get to something. These are two great stories. Secrets of abducted Maria's gypsy life. I don't understand this story. So this is a girl. She's four years old, five years old. She's found in a, 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 a gypsy camp in Greece. Uh, and her parents go, well, well, she's, she's ours. What are you doing? She's ours. DNA test. She's not theirs. Where has she come from? Mysterious. Um, 8,000 calls from around the world as charity tries to find family of blonde gypsy girls. That's mysterious, isn't it? And then the Daily Mail also has the story we've been running as well this morning. What a waste of good food. Tesco admits two-thirds of bagged salads end up in the bin as it signals the end of buy one, get one free deals. Who buys bagged salads anyway? Why, Catherine? You put your hand up there. Because
16: we never finish a lettuce.
3: Do you finish a bag?
16: I tend to... No, I don't
3: ever. No, you don't finish a bag. It You're... goes
16: sort of watery in the bottom of the crisper.
3: Yeah. So, but a lettuce, though. How can you not finish a lettuce? I just never
16: four... finish one. My husband's a bit of a salad dodger.
3: Yeah. Oh, I see. It's like Unless that it's the
16: summer months. But, um, yeah, a lot of men don't like a lot of veg, do they?
3: I like a little bit of... Uh, I like a little bit of veg.
16: I'm on a bit of a health kick as well, so I've been getting wraps rather than proper bread Yeah. and ramming them full of salad bit of meat you feel like you're having a meal what's a
3: crisper by the way
16: that compartment at the bottom isn't it called a crisper the salad drawer the
3: salad drawer yeah, yeah. you call it a crisper
16: well i think that's how they tried to sell it to us
3: i don't think anybody else does but thank you very much for that Catherine. you're
16: welcome i'm sophisticated
3: <laughs> a sophisticated lady we do chuck away a lot of food we try not to and every time we go shopping right we'll only buy what we need but it's hard not to throw away food isn't it really is that bad is that shameful is that shocking When there are people starving in the world? Hey, good morning, there are children starving in the world. This world that we live in. And you're chucking away food. I'm doing it as well. Should we feel guilty? Or is that one of the luxuries that we are entitled to in this society? Up to two-thirds of supermarket food ends up in the bin. The email continues. A shocking survey. Apparently shocking. Tesco found 68% of its bagged salads, 48% of its bakery goods, and 24% of its grapes its grapes go to waste. Much of the food is thrown away by customers, but large amounts are lost because they've been on display too long. Well, naughty on Tesco. Go and give it to the homeless. But do you feel guilty for throwing away food? You got some mouldy peppers in the back of the fridge in the crisper. Bit of cheese that's gone off. Well, cheese is mould anyway. Just cut that bit off and eat it. It's fine. Do you feel guilty when you throw away food? I don't feel guilty. I don't think I particularly should feel guilty unless you can tell me otherwise. 08459 455 555. It's 716. Let's get the latest travel with Bill. Travel news for beds, cards,
10: and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Bill's, uh, Bill's Bill's done a Glen. It used to be called uh, It used to be called um, a Sophie, didn't it? Doing a Sophie. Now it's called doing a Glen. Just uh, disappearing. Never mind. Bill, we'll come to you a little bit later on. Don't panic, sir. <laughs> Right, 7.16. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Monday, the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines. The government has announced plans to build the first UK, the first uh, nuclear power station in the UK in a generation. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for spending even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. And Tesco has revealed it threw away almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. The weather today, wet and cloudy this morning. Coming up, Stuart from Kempston contacted us about the number of cyclists on the roads without lights. He thought it was illegal. Well, is it? We'll find out more in a few minutes. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio
1: If you're at home, sit back because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. (laughs)
2: You're going to start that trend. Roberto (laughs) Peroni We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead.
19: The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one.
4: Roberto Peroni Weekdays from three on BBC Three
3: Counties Radio. It's interesting going back to the the, the, the Tesco story. The food that we throw away. Um, do you feel guilty about it? And you do chuck away a lot, don't you? I bet all of you do. I don't think we'll find one person listening to this show this morning who doesn't throw away a portion of their groceries. Of course you do. We all do. We all buy too much. It's all cheap. It's all tempting, all those offers, buy one, get one free. Oh, I fancy a bit of that, I'll have a go at that. I don't feel guilty about throwing away food. Should I? Can you make me feel guilty? Oh, eight four five nine four, double, five, five, double, five. But Tesco threw away 30, well, they threw away 30,000 tonnes of food in six months. Now, that, that's quite uh, something, isn't it? That's a significant amount of food. And that would imply a fault... On, on Tesco. That has to be criminal, doesn't it? That is huge, and I'm sure the other supermarkets do it as well. I'm not just picking on Tesco, it's their survey. I'm sure a huge number of uh, supermarkets throw away food, and that is outrageous, I think. They should be doing something a little bit different. They should be managing their food a bit better. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call, uh, you can do um, to talk about that do you feel guilty chucking away your food I don't, I pay for it I can afford it I should budget a little bit better perhaps I should shop a little bit better but if some of the food goes off and it gets chucked away, what's the problem really, in the great scheme of things 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can also go to Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, or you can send me a text as well, 81333. Start your text, uh, 3CR. Call
4: 08459
3: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 um, oh, double five five double five is the telephone number If you want to give us a call now On Friday, Stuart from Kempston contacted us About the number of cyclists on the roads without lights When he goes to work He thought it was illegal Well, I've just looked outside It's very, very dark still at 20 past 7 And it is annoying, isn't it? Cyclists without, without lights How are we supposed to see them? Well, Adam Rayner is a motoring journalist. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Ian. Now, it is illegal for cyclists to travel without uh, bike lights on, but yet I see it, I'm sure you see it so often... Well, it's, uh, it's one of these things that, that that
22: does come and go with the seasons. And, of course, along with... I've actually noticed motoring behaviour get a little bit stroppy and grumpier and, oh, the summer's over and people aren't spacing even their, their rush hour driving out well. Um, the cyclists' um, manifestation of that is that they're not bothering to get lights because, well, it's not properly winter yet. And mm. I've, it, it, For me, it's on the, uh, the, the office run of an afternoon that uh, I've been noticing it and a little bit afterwards, just people gunning around and, and no lights and it's it's i get the the actual feeling i wish i could take the image that i can see and show these people's parents mm. because of the cost and effort they've invested in actually raising them to that point um because they're being more than cavalier with it it's it's terrifying the uh the, the, the fact that they come looming out of the darkness there was one on the road on a bmx with a black frame in a black jacket with black jeans and a huge sense of entitlement. I just couldn't believe it. It yeah. was uh, breathtaking.
3: Adam, I bet he looked cool, though, didn't he?
22: Um, I, I just got a moment's fear, and, uh, yeah. and thank God he was out of the way. But, uh,
3: and listen, psych- my, my uh, father-in-law, who's an excellent cyclist, he tours the world cycling. He's very uh, professional at it. Well, he's not a professional cyclist, but he's very good at it, and he always wears lights. He got hit by a car in the dark, even though he had his lights on. So, you know, you, the, the cyclists need to be doing as much as they can to ensure their safety, to ensure drivers' safety and to make sure that we can see them.
22: Absolutely. The, uh, the cheapest little accessory is one that uh, even some great big grown-up motorcyclists use it, and uh, it's called a Sam Brown. You don't have to have magical clothing, but, but this little bit that goes round the middle over your shoulder... Um oh, is that the strap type thing? Yes, absolutely. Sort of reflect a uh, belty strip yep. thing. Why is it called a Sam Brown? Do you know, I've no idea. I should, I should, I should look that up. I've L- got the internet in front of me. If I was a girlie, I
3: could dual task. But I, exactly. <laughs> can't be named after Joe Brown's daughter, Sam. Anyway, yes. uh, should cyclists, do, do they need to start taking more responsibility on the roads? Because we're, we're encouraging people, aren't we, to, to get on their bikes, to save fuel, be good for the environment, all of that. And there are more cyclists around should do they need to be a bit more responsible now and maybe start looking at insurance and registrations and things like that
22: oh dear you're picking a scab with that one um, they are the only road users with all of the rights even a chunk of the infrastructure but absolutely none of the uh, financial and identifiable responsibility <laughs> Um, I'd like to see them all with a little plate. I'd like to see them all actually insured to be on the road riding. Mm. Um, uh, it just, they're the only people who don't have to be insured, and uh, the ones who are at the most awful risk of, of the most horrendous consequences if anything awful happens. You know, it's, uh, it is a worry. I'm, I'm happy I have to see more of the money that they strike from the motorists spending on proper infrastructure for them. I don't mind if they ride without lights. What if they're on their very own little lit-up path? You know, it'd be fabulous. Um, we don't have the space that uh, some countries do, but the Dutch have got even less, and they manage better than us, you know.
3: Adam, when was the last time you won on a
22: bike? It was quite a fierce long time ago, I will admit. Um, although I did own, uh, own a, uh, a bike that my school chums used to tease me and share old gents at I me, mean, because they all had races, but I had a wayfarer. <laughs> oh, bless you.
3: Well done. <laughs> yes, there was a, there was a, a a, a period when races with the dropped handlebars were the thing, weren't they?
22: Oh, there was nothing else. Everything else was, was desperately uncool. Um, but the uh, the advent of the all-terrain bike, and uh, just before that, the BMX. Actually, I was just at the right age to bitterly resent the BMX, because I, I had a bicycle that I used to sort of take to the park, and uh, you know, I damaged my old wafer in the end, sort of jumping it and things, and bent the frame, and yeah. it would have been great, but I was just that bit too old. It was like outgrowing conkers and moving to a house with a tree full of them, you know.
3: Adam, thank you very much indeed. motor Motoring journalist, Adam Rainer, always a pleasure now. Um, Justin Dealey has been out and about talking to people about this it's been described as a disgrace Justin (laughs) Yes. at the very least it's a pain in the backside Mm. what have people been been saying about this? well uh, the majority
6: of cyclists that I've seen this morning do actually have lights on their bikes so that's a good thing we're going to hear from some cyclists who don't in a moment but, but at first these cyclists they do have lights and I put the question to this man what did he think about other cyclists who don't have lights here's what he had to say well I don't think it's a very good idea um, I I
23: always use use lights, and I try and use cycle lanes as well. Um, this morning on my way, and everybody had lights on, um, so it's very very rare. Um, I guess it's mostly those that cycle on the pavement.
6: I mean, it's not actually an offence, <laughs> isn't it? It's not. Believe it or not, do you think it should be made an offence if you're riding a bike, you must have lights on?
23: Um, I don't think it's necessary. I think that if you don't use lights, you're being a bit stupid, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh,
6: so do you need to have a law to prevent you from being stupid like that? I'm not sure you do, really. Uh, Matt, on your way to work this morning, on your bike, and you have got lights on. Do you often see cyclists with no lights at all? Sometimes. How does that make you feel, knowing that you're doing the right thing but they're not? Uh, quite, I feel good, but I'm still worried about them if they're going to crash. What would you say to any cyclist listening to this right now who does go out without their
3: lights on? What is your message to them? Make sure you keep the lights on. Always put your lights on the bike. So you've seen. That, well, that is excellent advice from, from that Simple. young gentleman. Make sure you've always got your lights on, so you've seen. Just to clarify, Justin, I, I think it is an offence mm. to, to ride without lights on. It's a very grey area, though, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure. We, we, we're getting conflicting advice. If someone knows for sure, 08459 455 555. I think it is an, an offence because uh, Thames Valley Police have issued 349 fixed penalty notices in the last year. So that would imply it is. Okay. But if anyone can phone up and confirm f- one way or t'other, please do let us know. Now, you mentioned um, that you spoke to. Did you speak to someone without lights? Yes,
6: I found a couple uh. of those this morning. So we've heard from the responsible ones. Um, also been talking in and grilling a couple of cyclists this morning who who didn't have their lights on when it was dark. Ian, I simply put the question to them. Why don't you have any lights? Here's what they had to say.
24: I just haven't. You know, I'm one of these people, I'm afraid, that uh, just haven't got lights at the moment. I'm, I'm thinking of getting some because it's getting darker... As, uh, as time's going on, but, um, yeah, I haven't got any lights on I mean,
6: it's not an offence, but yeah. do you still feel safe riding around in the morning? It's dark right now, and you yeah. haven't got any lights on your bike.
24: Well, I've got high-vis on, so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if they can't see me with high-vis, they go six, uh, spec stafers, you know what I mean, yeah. and, uh, and um, get some new glasses, but... To me, I don't think it makes a hell of a lot of difference depending on how you ride your bike.
6: And just a last question on people's attitudes towards you as a cyclist out there. Do you feel like that you are still being abused simply because you're on the bike and motorists feel they own the road and not you?
24: Yeah, they do. I'm afraid um, they're very very ignorant at the moment um, and they still are. Drivers are just ignorant now. They don't even care about other cars. You know, they'll pull out in front of a car and won't even look where they're going and they expect people to stop then again to flip that call and they might say you're ignorant because you haven't got any lights on your bike that's possibility but i'm afraid you know who's 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 got the the more power the car or the bike and basically if they knock me down then you know i've got no defense whereas they have got defense you know what i'm saying that's the problem
14: uh my mum keeps telling me to um unfortunately i do ride on the pavement so not on the road i don't feel it necessary i could wear a high vis i could have lights uh i don't really need them
6: I mean, what would you say to anybody listening to this who says that you are a danger to our roads because you're not having lights on your bike?
3: <laughs> well, the street lights on 24/7. Almost my whole way, I'm I'm lit the whole way by street lights. Oh, if it was too dark for me to see, then if it's too dark for them to see.
6: It's too dark for me to see, and I could not see, then I won't be riding there. So anybody who accuses you, and I put this in the nicest possible way, of being an idiot because you don't have any lights on your bike, you would firmly dispute that, then. I would
3: firmly dispute that and advise them to stop walking a path or. Strongly advise them to open their eyes when walking. All right, I'll say it. They're idiots for not having lights on their bikes. Well, do you know what? You will uh, be strongly advised by that man to uh, stay off the pavements. Incredible. There, there are street lights on. You should go to Specstave, as one of the gentlemen <laughs> yes. said. Get a, listen, get a grip. It's about road safety. You need These bicycles, they appear from nowhere. You need to be able to see them. And it's not just because so you can see them in front of you. It's so you can see them a little bit ahead of you. It's so you yep. can see them uh, if they're maybe possibly coming around a bend. You you can see the lights, you can see them. Ian, I can only talk. Oh, he's got experience. they've got me angry, those yeah. two fellas, Justin. Like, I know, I know, and a lot of people I'm
6: sure will be angry as well. I can only talk from, from my experience of working with you. Whenever we've gone out and spoken to cyclists, it's almost like the world owes them a favor. Yeah. I'm just talking about the people that I have spoken to in the past, and those sort of excuses for me, I'm, I'm afraid. They don't wash with me, because when it's dark, you know, particularly in October, moving into winter, yeah. if you're a cyclist, if you're out and about in the morning, you do the responsible thing. You go out and buy lights. It's not exactly expensive.
3: You put them on your bike so everyone can be safe. The fellow who's saying, oh, yeah, if a car hits me, the car's got more protection than I have, what? <laughs> that's, th- that's the argument for having lights on so there is yeah. less chance of the car hitting you. Cyclists need... and I, I, Listen, I'm not anti-cyclist. I'm, I'm in, kind of indifferent, really. But cyclists like that get on my nerves. They need to take responsibility for what they are doing. Ian, it's not
6: rocket science. If it's dark and you're on your bike, you have lights on. It's as simple no. as that. I don't see what
3: the problem is. I thought you were going to make that rhyme. <laughs> if it's dark and you're on your bike, yes. you need to have lights... <laughs> we if come you come like. right before nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Uh, J- uh, Justin, that was cracking. We'll, do you know what? We'll play that second uh, piece a little bit later on because I, I, I need to hear those two gentlemen again. What arrogant muppets. What a ridiculous attitude.
10: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio
9: got some long queues for the M25, anti-clockwise, St. Albans at 21A, right up to the M40. There were some uh, horses on the loose earlier on, that's the reason for that. Licking slow, London-bound M1 as well, from Flittig, Junction 12, up to the loose airport, Spur Road. And uh, watch out for diesel spillage as well, southbound A6, this is just by the Sharnbrook roundabout. Um, a bit of public transport news for you, with the train's disruption on First Capital Connect between Blackfriars and East Croydon. That's because of the late finish-off engineering works between New Cross and London Bridge. That might affect uh, your journey, or certainly have a knock-on effect um, Bill Shultrake, BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
0: half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the government has announced plans for the UK's first new nuclear plant in a generation. It'll be built by French company EDF and backed by Chinese investors. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. It was recently named as the worst authority outside London for housing families in B&Bs beyond the legal limit. Tesco has revealed it threw away almost 30000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. It's the first time the Hertfordshire-based supermarket chain has published its food waste figures. And a man from Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won around £20,000. The weather will be cloudy with heavy rain at times this morning. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius, that's 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Spurs are fifth in the Premier League after winning 2-0 at Aston Villa. England midfielder Andros Townsend got the opening goal for Tottenham.
14: I've just been uh, just been dying to get back out on the pitch. Obviously, the, the, the positive press was nice, but uh, you don't want to get too carried away. It's just all about playing football, and I was desperate to get back on the pitch, and, and I've got a goal today, and I'm delighted.
0: The MK Dons needed a late winner from Patrick Bamford to see off Rotherham at the Stadium MK. The Chelsea Loney scored his 12th goal of the season to the delight of Dons manager Carl Robinson.
15: I had a chat with Neil Bath about him yesterday, who was head of Chelsea Academy. I spoke to Eddie Newton on the way here, and we were talking about him. and They really care for the boy, they see a future for him. If you're a Chelsea fan, you've got a special footballer waiting for you to, to grace your pitch. His path at Chelsea has nothing to do with us. All we can do is whilst he's here is make him a better footballer. And I think he's, uh, what was he saying, 12 in the last 11 games. That's a remarkable record for a 20 year old boy.
0: The MK Dons host Carlisle in League One tomorrow while Stevenage go to Crewe and Wickham Wanderers visit Portsmouth in League Two. And finally, Hertfordshire's Laura Trott won her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at 8 o'clock. Call
4: 08459
3: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're speaking about the gentleman. He was uh, part of a lottery syndicate at work... The syndicate won £20,000, he'd been off, he hadn't contributed for a few weeks, they didn't give him a share of the money, is that harsh? Okay. What well, does your opinion change when you discover that the reason he was off for a few weeks was he was in hospital having treatment for a very severe cancer? Should they pay him now? lots of you on facebook uh, and text is a text from nick if you're in a syndicate and you don't want to lose out either pay by standing order or make sure you can keep up the weekly payments give a friend or colleague the money and ask them to pay for you while you're unable to but if you get rushed off to hospital with cancer you don't always think oh ah yes right hang on a minute who's going to pay that quid a week for me Paul says on Facebook, I missed out on a win at my local pub about five years ago by two weeks. They won quarter of a million pounds. You have to keep up payments to be in it. Howard says, you've got to be in it to win it. No payment, no share. Tough. So most of you are kind of against it, but then there's a few. Rob Willett says, yes, he does deserve a share. It's sick what they did to him. And Neil says the other members must be pretty thick-skinned not to give him his share. The guy had cancer. That's got to be a pretty good reason to do the right thing. What do you think? Oh, eight four five nine four double five, five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, we were talking about bicycles. A cracking piece there from Justin Dealey. He spoke to two cyclists who don't wear lights when they're cycling, don't have lights on their bike when they're cycling. It's not their responsibility. They're not a danger to the road. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's up to other people to see them. If you can't see them, then you need to go to spec stavers," said one of them. Yes, spec stavers, Well, Paul Scoynes, a uh, political correspondent here, has uh, sent me a very angry email. Those gentlemen don't speak for me or other cyclists. Bunch of twits. Thank you, Paul, for that. Paul, Paul is a cyclist. He spent uh, a lot of money on some lights recently. Dennis is in Dunstable. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Mr Lee. Good Ian, Ian, by name. Well, yes. well done. You've learnt my name at last, Dennis. Well, I, didn't, I thought you'd forgotten it when you asked me if I knew who you were. I oh, well. always have my name sewn into the back of my pants, so yes, if I do good, forget, yes. I can have a little look. Now then. Yes, sir. Uh,
19: you asked about Sam Brown. What was Sam Brown? Sam Brown was part of an officer's rig out in the army because he had to support a lot of things on his belt. A sword and God knows what else. <laughs> So they had this thing across his shoulders, so his belt wouldn't fall down. But who Sam Brown was, I'll never know. However, the other thing is, you're on about the nuclear power business with the the Chinese. They already own parts of the country. In the end, if we don't, if they don't like what we're doing, like talking to the Dalai Lama, will they switch the power off?
3: Are you there? Goodbye. Dave, say hello.
19: Hello, hello Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Hello, then. Um, Are you morning, the Mr. gentleman who gets at him? From the, yeah, from, yeah. I, congratulations.
20: Man. Oh, thanks, Dennis. Good morning, Mr. Lee, Ian. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gone again, you know what I mean?
19: Oh, yes, he, he, he switches off as soon as he finds out he's made a mistake.
20: Yeah, it's just me and you, Dennis. Right. He's at
19: it again. I know.
20: Oh, we we'll have to get Justin back or James Whale, I think. <sighs> yeah. 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 You can talk to James Rowe. You know what I mean.
19: Yeah, you can talk yeah. to William, but he's not listening.
20: Well, no, well <laughs> I know. I, well, I, I can't say he's just go to Specsavers. What's he? What's he aid hey, people? Well, you can get you can get your ears
19: tested there as well.
20: Yeah, well, I think Mr. Lee should do because I think he's got ear problems now. Yeah. Um, well, it's what a do we spec- talk? What, what do we talk about, Dennis? Yeah, I quite agree with you. Yeah, the Chinese will switch us all off.
19: Well, they're buying, up the con- they're buying up the world, they do little jobs all over the world, and, and people are so good, they let them have all the oil that they want to make. Yeah. So in the end, we're going to be getting all these Chinese who come over here and buy our goods, and yeah. China, read, they hold quite a lot of Britain to start with, we'll be exporting their goods back to them.
20: Yeah, I know, Dennis. Well, I, I, I come on the radio talk about bikes. Did you have a bike years ago, Dennis? I did
19: have a bike years
20: ago. Right, you had mudguards. Yes. And we had to have a f- reflector by law on the back mudguard. Correct. Yeah. And reflectors on the on the pedals at the back.
19: Yeah, it well, was
20: all part of the deal when you bought. That's the bike. right. Yeah. And you you had um, a dynamo at the front for lights. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That re- re- you put onto the wheel and it, you give you lights. That's right.
19: Yeah,
20: what, 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 what have we uh, happened to those?
19: Bikes well, people want—they want, don't want to buy. They want to buy cheaper bikes. They want to be with it. They want to wear funny clothes and a big hat. Uh, yeah,
20: but, I, you, but, but Dennis, do you really, do you notice when these people ride bikes without no back mud guard, All the muds all up the back of their coats or shirts or jumpers, <laughs> and it, well, it makes you laugh. You think, well, what's going on? Yeah. Like here on Three Counties Radio. Hello, am I? I Excuse me.
25: Hello?
19: Hello. Hello? Are you, who are I you? Are mother. Hello. Who are you, hear me Mother? Hello? Hello? It can seems we we're having off, a thing? we're having a radio conference now. Yeah. No, no, I, I, look,
25: Sam Brown, can I give you the origin of the Sam Brown? Yes. Are you ready for it? Hello? Good. Go Sam go Brown on. was a general. Hello? Sam Brown was, was an army fella. He he ended up as a general around about eighteen eighties, I think it was. When he got his left arm blown off um, in, in, in action and because officers wore the sword, sword on the left, he then could hold the scabbard to to, to to pull out the sword to go into battle so they used to have a thick belt around the waist in those days so he took the um, uh, step of adding a strap going over the right shoulder uh, which is what army officers wear in these days, it's known as a Sam Brown belt, bound with to be on the end by the way, um so that's what anything, any, any of those reflective things these days are you known as Sam, Sam Brownbell. But anyway, don't get me started on cyclists, because have you ever, ever, ever seen a cyclist who wants to turn right and sticks his hand out or looks over his shoulder? He'll stick his hand out and he won't look over his shoulder. What do we right, think mate. we are, mind readers? No? no, no. The cyclists of
20: the day, mate, are, are shambles. That's
25: majority understand. I'm not I saying all of them. I could, I but what i don't understand is that they're the ones that are going to get bad Abby. Not that I wish to run them over, although most of them probably deserve it, but they may just stick their arm out, turn right, and they don't look like their shoulder. I don't
20: yeah. understand this. I really don't. No, I wonder how many more Mr. Leeds going to put on. we we'll have got about six of us in a minute. i will be Dennis, you, sir, and me. Did that
19: general, when he had his arm blown off, how did he cycle then? Which arm did he stick out to go round corners? I don't know, Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've done Anyhow, his Anyhow, nice, nice
20: talking to you, sir. And you, Dennis. Sorry, same to you. Can yeah, you... We'll, leave, we'll leave Mr. Lee now. He, I suppose he had a cup of tea an, and a fag outside, I suppose. I wouldn't be surprised, yes, yes.
19: OK, then. Bye-bye, then. Bye-bye, Mr. All right, Lee. Bye-bye, all. Bye-bye, Grandad. The sound of silence.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
19: This
3: is Chetham and Partug. BBC
10: what?
4: Three Counties Radio.
3: We didn't look at all the front the pages, the front pages. The front page of The Sun... Lavelle. Thugs are trying to kill me. Street stars fear after car attack. Cleared Corrie star Michael Lavelle... Believe- is he back in Coronation Street yet? Is he, is he in it? Is he? Has is he popped up on screen yet? Cleared Corrie star Michael Lavelle believes vigilante thugs are trying to kill him following his acquittal on child sex charges. Vigilante thugs. Uh, the sun is, there really is very little in the papers today. Uh, and sometimes there's, there's two... Last Friday... Oh, last Friday, we were spoilt sp- for stuff. Gordon Ramsay putting ca- secret cameras in his daughter's bedroom. Schools that were giving cigarettes to 11 year olds. Uh, all, all kinds of stuff. Plenty of stuff. Today, nothing. The Sun is doing a Yeti story as though it's 1982. Michael Lavelle, okay. Kate Moss without a top on. I'm just flicking through here. Um, th- 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 what's his name? Damon Olbarn in Africa. Really? Really? Um and, and uh, th- there's absolutely nothing in the papers at all. If it's like this all week, I'm having another week off. I, I can't I can't work. I can't work with this. I can't work with these people. On the subject of uh, cycles, not wearing lights. Uh, Ian, I was watching TV over the weekend. I saw uh, Justin Dealey's twin brother, Chris Hemsworth from the movie Thor. Really? Let's let's Google Chris Hem Chris Hemsworth. And let's have a little look and see. I'd be surprised. Chris Hemsworth, if he's in the movie Thor, he's probably a good-looking fella. Oh, <laughs> I the uh Yeah, I can see what you mean. If Justin Deely were good-looking and and chiseled, then yes, he would look like Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth had the same lion hair, main open neck shirt down to his hairy chest. He was tall, funny, and quite handsome. Your doppelganger is that chap on the TV program Truckers. Now, Uh, Who's that? The fact he hasn't got a name worries me. My my doppelganger is normally Marlon Dingle or Ralph Little. Uh, Ron says, I'm all for lights on bikes, but some lights are so bright, it's like a car with a full headlight on. I've not seen those. And Rob says on the text, I'm going to drive my car with no lights on, but I'll glue my high-vis to it. After all, it's ten times bigger than a bike, so you should see me easily. Yes, point taken, Rob. We had, um... I don't look like Matt Damon and Liberace. Do I... Oh, Justin does. Okay, I thought you were saying I do. Still not watched that. I watched that this week. Uh, We've Some cracking audio from Justin earlier on speaking to cyclists. Some cyclists had their lights on. But the the arrogance of two cyclists who didn't have their lights on because, hey, it's our duty to spot you. And that's a great point, Rob. Cars are much bigger. So why should cars put their lights on? Because if you don't see them as a cyclist, then it's your fault. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Uh, send your text 81333, start your text 3CR. And also, on the subject of throwing away food, I do it, I'm not ashamed of it, really. I buy the food, I, I'll, I'll do what I want with it. No one has been able to phone in yet and convince me that what I'm doing is shameful, shocking and wrong. Which means that you're all doing the same thing. You're all chucking your food away. Is that shameful, shocking and wrong, or... It's one of the luxuries we have of living in this country. 08 459 BBC Three Counties Radio, quarter to eight. Let's get the travel now. From Stray. Travel news for beds, cards
9: and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah,
9: sure. Well, we've just heard from Shree, uh, the M1 southbound heading towards London. Of course, Junction 12 is at a standstill. There must be some reason for that, I would have thought, so we're looking to that before you immediately, Shree. Cheers to that, undecked. Uh, also, uh, on the M40 London bound, just before Junction 3, reports of one-lane blocks by an accident. Uh, again, we'll chase that one up. And the M25 hadn't quite recovered uh, earlier uh, because of some loose horses earlier, I should say, from uh, Junction 21 A St Albans up towards the M40 turn off. And watch out for a diesel village it's monday morning isn't it uh that's the a6 southbound at the sean brook roundabout and a bit of disruption for the trains between blackfriars and east croydon because they've been a bit late finishing those uh, engineering works bill sheldrake bbc three Counties radio
3: thank you bill Right, it's 7.46. It's Monday, the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government has announced plans to build the UK's first nuclear power station in a generation. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for spending even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. And Hertfordshire-based Tesco threw away almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. Coming up, should politicians be allowed to have a past, even if they've done slightly murky things? 08459 four double five five double five. Before that, let's get the latest weather. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC
10: Three Counties Radio. (laughs) Nope, no weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. You have
3: no idea what it's like for the
4: businesses up
10: here. Local and We're at the situation where we cannot pay
20: invoices that were due in August and as a result we cannot buy stock for the Christmas trade.
4: Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. I mean I've lived here 30 odd years, but you can't go out no more. I used to go down the bingo, you don't go anywhere.
11: People on planes who are really large should pay for two seats because they take up all the space.
4: Local and vocal, across beds, hearts and bucks, this is BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Now, should politicians be allowed to have a past, even if they've done maybe slightly murky things? The Labour MP, Gloria Diapiero, has written on her blog that a newspaper is trying to find some topless photos she did as a teenager. She's talked openly about them before and has never made a secret of them, but says politicians shouldn't have to worry about what they did in their youth when they run for office. Well, what do you think? Should politicians be whiter than whites from, uh, th- from their youth onwards? Or are they allowed to have experimented? Oh wait, four, five, nine, four, double five, five, double five. Kate Ironside is a lecturer in journalism at the University of Bedfordshire. She was also an editor for the BBC at Westminster. Good morning, Kate. Should we care what a politician has done as a teenager?
18: I don't think, not what they've done as a teenager. I think you have to allow people a past. And I think what's really disturbing about this story is this is something that um, she had done when she was 15. How many of us, if we put our hand on our hearts, can say that we had behaved perfectly throughout our teenage years? Very, very few. And you want human beings in Westminster, not some kind of, uh, you know, cleaned-up identity kit type. I think there's a far more troubling issue is what, teen- what politicians get up to as adults. I think that is legitimate areas for inquiry, but what they get up to as children,
3: I think, leave well alone. And is there, is there anything that they could have... I mean, supposing they um, smoked a joint as a 17-year-old at a party, should, should, should we know about that? Should that be held against them? Well, it becomes
18: a valid point if they are voting on the legalisation of drugs... Um then it is a legitimate a- area of inquiry. I think the key here is what they have done as a minor i e under eighteen or what they have done over eighteen mm. I think that 's where I would draw the distinction if they are under eighteen, you know that is the past. If they choose to make it public then then fine, and then they can 't they shouldn 't complain. If people report it, um, but you know, in the case of say, you know, taking a joint when you're 17, if you do not wish to disclose it when you are voting on it when you are 45, I think that is fair enough. But once you're post 18, no, then you should be upfront.
3: Okay, so, so so if you'd had the joint at 17, that's fine. You were a child. If you had it at 19, um, it's a horrible. Line isn't it? Yes, isn't it? Just a
18: horrible fine line. Um, but life is made up of horrible fine lines, and we have to draw the line somewhere. Um, it, you know, it, it is a te- You know, are you substantially different when you're 19 or 18? You are when you're 17 and a half. Not, you know. But we have to draw the line somewhere.
3: Mm. Kate, stay there. I just want to bring in the conversation uh, Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead, Mike Penning. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Ian. What do you think? Should, should politicians be whiter than white? Should, should their, their childhood and their teenage years be uh, experience and experiment-free?
26: Well, it depends if you want a country of clones of politicians rather than human beings that have experienced life and made mistakes and done, done things in life. And I mean, I've made lots of mistakes during, during, during my life and I, I was in the army at 16 and my sergeant major told me regularly that I was making lots of mistakes. But I, 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 think, I think your other commentators, right, we, we mustn't be hypocrites if, if you, know, if you are, uh, have a view on something and it's completely contrary to what you've done in the last couple of years, that's a different issue to the issue with Gloria. who was These were paid photographs, so, so there's an agency out there, someone that probably has these, which is probably where this is coming from, but she was 15. And I think that like, I've got two daughters now that are over 15, but when they were 15, I would have been horrified mm. if she'd have been doing that. And actually, if those photographs appeared now, I think Gloria will be horrified.
3: I guess the reason that um, the the story with with Gloria is is catching uh, fire so much is because she is a very attractive woman. And newspapers will will sell papers by having a topless attractive woman, or or girl, as it was, Mm. in the papers. It's, it's in inverted commas, a sexy story, isn't it?
26: Well, it's a catch-22 for Gloria as well, because she's talked about this extensively. So as soon as you start talking about it, and you know, as a very very attractive lady, they will, they will go off and try and hunt down the, the photographs. And I think that, I would think the agency that has them. I'm sure it will be an agency because that's usually what happens with these things. Um, will, will be perhaps in the sidelines, having a few words with a few editors. But I do think that she's, uh, she was way underage. Um, and, and and in saying that, mm. you know, the girls are, are doing these sorts of modelling much much younger uh, these days, and perhaps
3: they did when when I was a young man. Kate, do you think it is different because she's an attractive woman?
18: No, cert- I mean, I'm cert- absolutely right, yes. Uh, th- this is just the unfortunate reality, is pretty girls sell papers. Uh, but as, you cannot get around the fact she was 15. You know, yeah. you know, had she done that when she was 18, 19, 20,
3: there it,
26: now.
18: it would be, you know, it would be... Somewhat different, but at 15, she was a child, and that's that.
3: Mike, it's going to be more dangerous, isn't it, for for potential politicians 10, 15, 20 years from now, because of of, uh, texting, because of Facebook. I mean, there was the story of um, Paris Brown, who was was hired by a PCC somewhere to be kind of a youth advisor, and she stepped down after a couple of days because of her texts, the, these, things, it, it, these things will catch up with people, won't they?
26: Yes, they will, and I think at times society's got to actually grow up as, as well. And one of my closest friends, a young man I went through the army with, which everybody will know, Simon Weston, you know, a great hero for this country, had terrible injuries from the Falklands, wanted to stand as an independent police commissioner in, in Wales, in the community where he lives. And because he had a very, very, very trivial offence when, when he was a juvenile, he, he was basically excluded from that. And I think that's what's really wrong as well. You know, we, we, we cannot just turn politicians or people that want to represent us into clones. No one's perfect. We all make mistakes. And perhaps I've made more mistakes than many. But at least, at least put your hands up and then let's get on and move on. Mike, you keep, you keep
3: alluding to these mistakes. Could you give us some examples?
26: <laughs> many, many, many mistakes. Um, the reason why I was not a sergeant major and only a lonely, lonely lance corporal when I was in the army. But at, at the end of the day... You know, we are are all human beings. No one's perfect, and we cannot put people on a pedestal. This country's great at putting people on a pedestal and then knocking them down, aren't they? Mm. Um, But we mustn't have clones as possible. We've got to get individuals from the community coming through, because if we don't... It'll be the worst referee. Everybody, I
3: think. Kate. What about politicians' kids? We, we sometimes hear stories of of the children of of MPs um, behaving badly, behaving inappropriately, uh, and quite often the, the the MP themselves are judged for the behaviour of their children. Is that fair? Uh,
18: well i think you know you've got two issues here i think one one troubling thing is for example um when david cameron um you know uh, first became leader of the opposition that as when tony blair came into downing street with young children there was a deal done you would leave the children alone let them grow up the troubling thing is then i mean you look recently we've There have been photos of uh, David Cameron with his children, Ed Miliband with his children, where, you know, clearly the parents have consented to being photographed with their children. These are not snatched paparazzi shots. Um, And you think, you you know, you're trying to have your cake and eat it. But I think, as a rule, you know, leave children to have their lives. The code of the Press Complaints Commission is quite clear. Mm. You do not do stories about children just because they've got famous parents.
3: Uh, Kate, thank you very much indeed. Kate Anside, lecturing journalism at the University of Bedfordshire and uh, Conservative MP for Hamill Hampstead, Mike Penning. He wouldn't tell us what his mistakes were, would he? <laughs> he wouldn't quite let us know. Thank you very much for that, both of you. Joe's in Letchworth. Joe, you've called in on this. What do you think?
23: Hi, Ian. Um, I've got two points, actually. Um, one of them is, I think it should be 21 and not 18. The,
3: the uh, cut-off point where you're sort of considered a, a, a child and, and, and not particularly in control and... Yeah, t- the 21 you're this, an adult
23: let's think right when, when you're 18 you, ju- you, you can go um, you can buy alcohol you've still got those hormones running around and your body's not fully developed until you're about sort of 20 21 and this, it's the same with women so i think 18 you know you've still got your brains in your pants for, for boys anyway um you know and it's, it's, i just think it's a still a bit too young we're human we're allowed to make mistakes so god-given right to make mistakes and be human and like I say, well, I've made mistakes, I'm mm. not going to air
3: them on the show, but, no. um, <laughs> you know... But it- I've, Joe, I've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes after the age of 21. Okay. So but- so does that preclude, do I then have to come out, if I'm going to become an MP, which you never know, do I then have to come out and go, well, uh, and list them all, at the age of 23 I did this, at the age of 26 I did this, or, or does no. the fact does the fact that I don't, ha- don't do those things anymore uh, and have moved on, that should be enough, shouldn't it?
23: It should, yeah, it isn't because it shows that you have learned and you've moved on and you've gained the wisdom and knowledge. And like I say, that is a perfectly human thing to do. I don't want white and white politicians because. It it shows that they are a bit too... Anything that is is too perfect, I would worry about. You want people that have made... I
3: want politicians that have lived. I want politicians that have gone out at at, at night and uh, at some point in their life and and drank 15 pints of beer and chucked up in the street after a kebab. I want politicians that have smoked a few joints every now and then. I want politicians... I want people that have lived. I'm not saying those things are great and cool, but I want politicians who have a well-rounded experience of what life is for people. And that is proper
23: life experience. And because they've made those mistakes, they can use that okay, to to, to better themselves and to help to better the country. And my second point,
3: yeah,
8: um,
23: that, that this politician, you say she had topless photos taken when she was 15? 15.
3: 15, yes, yes.
23: So why do I want to look at photos of a 15-year-old? Isn't okay. that classed as paedophilia?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, so it, it's, in, it's a fine public, line, isn't it? Yeah. In,
23: in the public interest, I'm not interested in, in looking at a 15-year-old girl, topless. And I think if anyone prints in this country, that is properly sick,
3: mate. Jope, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, 15. Be hard to disagree, but a newspaper will. And it will be, the headline will be something, whoa, look at this. there'll, There'll be something like that. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news
9: for beds, cards, and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio
9: it's a busy one M25 uh, longer queues than usual from Junction 21A St Albans right up to the M40 there were some horses on the loose early on in case you're wondering who just joined us Uh, reports of one lane blocked on the M40 London bound it's just before Loudwater Junction 3 we're just looking into that one for you it is heavier than usual as well for the A1 Great North Road this is southbound at Black Cat it's looking slow now all the way from the Kimbolton turn off the reason for that by the way is of the current issues on the A14 in Cambridgeshire so you can expect long delays also so uh, busy than usual for the A428 as well as you're driving towards Cambridge. That's because of lots of drivers maybe be cleaning and avoiding those queues on the A14. So, yes, it's looking uh, pretty busy. Uh, Chesant, A10 is a slow one. Southbound, slow in spots along that uh, stretch uh, towards uh, Enfield, Junction 25. And delays of up to 15 minutes between Brighton and Bedford with a broken down train at Haywood 2 Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Bill.
3: So politicians having a a past, lottery syndicates and cyclists without lights. All of that and more coming up in the last hour of the show after the news with Lee. Local and
4: vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
10: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: 8 o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a new nuclear power station is given the green light. Tesco admits a huge amount of its food gets wasted and a Bletchley man misses out on a syndicate lottery win. BBC Three Counties Radio. The government has announced plans to build the first new nuclear plant in a generation. EDF will build the power station, backed by Chinese investors. But independent energy consultant Dr Craig Lowry says the cost will mean higher bills.
11: The guaranteed price... Um, will ultimately be, um, be met through consumers' bills. And certainly you look at the policies that the government has put forward, and really what, what they are very much about is about um, slowing the rate of increase of uh, energy bills, not really um, cutting them per se. It really is about managing the, 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 the upward increase in bills that the government is expecting.
0: Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. Labour councillor Nigel Long, who's chair of the council's Health and Adult Social Care Committee, says the situation's made worse by people who aren't from the new city.
5: What they need to do, first and foremost, is stop London councils placing people in bed and breakfast here in Milton Keynes or in temporary accommodation here in Milton Keynes. I think Milton Keynes Council needs to sit down with those councils and say, enough is enough, you can't
0: do that. Tesco says it's addressing the problem of food waste by changing some of its in-store promotions and displays. The supermarkets revealed it dumped almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. A couple accused of abducting a four-year-old girl found at a Roma camp in Greece will appear in court this morning. Tests prove the man and woman weren't the child's biological parents. But their lawyer, Kostas Katsavos says they were given the girl by another woman.
2: Our uh,
20: clients' claim is that we never abduct this child. We've just adopted We're in the middle of an uh, investigation. We hope that tonight or tomorrow we, are, uh, we will find the mother.
0: A man from Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won around £20,000. Solicitor Paul Gilbert says the fact Alan signed an agreement that he'd be out of the syndicate if he didn't keep up with payments means he doesn't have a leg to stand on.
1: The number of times I, I speak to to friends um, uh, and they say well look we're going to do this and I say well have you thought about a written agreement just in case things don't, oh no 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 that's not good going to happen we all you know we're all good friends as i'm sure you are with your colleagues but on the face of it he's got a problem
0: in sport, Tottenham are fifth in the Premier League after a 2-0 win at Aston Villa and Hertfordshire's Laura Trott claimed her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. The weather will be cloudy with heavy rain at times this morning turning milder this afternoon. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties
3: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What a lot we've got to cram in in the last hour before JVS comes in and does his thing. Uh, What are we talking about this morning? Well, we'll be talking more about Milton Keynes and how they're spending even more money on people in B&B, despite them having about 60 families who've been in B&B for longer than the six-week legal limit had some cracking audio from Justin Dealey earlier on in the show from two cyclists who refuse to wear lights. Didn't seem to think it was a problem. In fact, it was the problem of motorists if we couldn't see them. We'll play that audio a bit later on. What do you think? Should cyclists be forced to wear lights? We're talking there about politicians and should they have a pass? Well... At what age do you become responsible? Is it 18? Is it 21? Is it 24? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Council has been criticised for managing its housing list by putting people in B&Bs beyond the legal six-week limit. But rather than cutting back on the practice, they're actually proposing spending more on it. £172,000, excuse me, is admittedly a drop in the ocean for local government. But when you consider Milton Keynes has been exposed as the authority with the worst record on this outside London, you do begin to wonder what's going on. Here's Labour councillor Nigel Long talking to me earlier on with his theory.
5: I think what they need to do, first and foremost, is stop London councils placing people in bed and breakfast here in Milton Keynes or in temporary accommodation here in Milton Keynes. Something like eight or nine London boroughs are trying to secure properties in Milton Keynes for the private rented sector for homeless families from London. I think Milton Keynes Council needs to sit down with those councils and say, enough is enough, you can't do that. That's one thing it needs to do, and that would then free up some private rented properties in Milton Keynes for families who who are homeless.
3: Well, that was uh, Nigel Long speaking to me a little bit earlier on in the show. I'm joined now by Andrew Geary. He's the Conservative leader of Milton Keynes Council. Morning, Andrew. So what is going on?
27: Um, I think actually that uh, what, I, what I've heard from Nigel is just about what I would expect to hear from Nigel Long, whose government it was that actually allowed this practice to happen. Okay, well it's, it's happening now, so what,
3: what what can we do to stop it?
27: Right. Just sitting down and talking to London boroughs is not the way that we can do this. The fact is that we have got to work with the private rented sector to make sure that we get the first calls on the properties that London boroughs are currently doing. Now, that might sound easy, mightn't it? And it's actually something we're doing. But what it means is that there's got to be a radical change in the practices of how local authorities work and actually how rent is paid. This
3: is a difficult and complicated. Well, Andrew, policy. explain. When there'll be I'm people. Gonna- Andrew, there'll be people wondering how on earth that London boroughs are getting priority over properties in Milton Keynes. How is that the case? There
27: will indeed be people who, who are wondering that. And the fact is that when you are, it, it, this is a very lengthy and complicated subject, and I've got to be honest in one that I don't understand fully. But what I know that we have got to do is have a radical look at the policies in which we use in order that housing benefit, it all relates to housing benefit and how it's paid. Can it be paid directly to a landlord or does it have to be paid to the tenant to out the landlord? This is the worrying issue. And this is the thing that we've got to get to grips with. This is what we're working on at the moment. But I have to say, until that is done and until we get to the bottom of that, it is absolutely right that we make provision to house people who are coming to us and saying, I am homeless and I've got nowhere to live. <laughs> if we don't do that, then we are in dereliction of our duty. And I wouldn't wish to be coming on your programme and justifying why we've got a massive homeless people in and Kids that haven't got a bed at night.
3: But there will be people listening, living in Milton Keynes, or living in B&Bs in Milton Keynes, who will be furious that, that people from London are, are ahead of them in the queue. Um,
27: and there aren't as many. Uh, what, what you have had made out to you simply isn't the case. There are London boroughs who are looking to do it. There are London boroughs that we have stayed off and managed to get them, thanks to the help of some people, and indeed including members of the Labour Party who wanted to work to us on that, not make cheap politics about going on the radio and talking about it, as Nigel Long does, if people want to get together and work with us to stop this, then they jolly well can, and we could do it. But it is better that we actually try to work to help people rather than just coming on the radio and making politics out of it as Nigel and his party seem to want to do at the moment.
3: But, Tony, what would you say to this? So, so I, I'm confused. Are people jumping the queue coming from London over residents in Milton Keynes?
27: There are London authorities who are looking at Milton Keynes to house people because they think they can deal with the private... Is it happening community? now? They are not getting public houses, council houses, or social rent houses that are available for people with Milton Keynes. Okay. No, they're abso- absolutely not doing that. Are they dealing with the private sector? Yes, they are. Now, the private sector is not regulated, and that's another debate that I don't want to get into. The private sector is not regulated. It can deal with who it likes over letting its houses. And if it wishes to deal with London boroughs ahead of Milton Keynes... OK, we're getting somewhere now. So.
3: We're getting somewhere now, Andrew. Why is it preferring to deal with London boroughs over Milton Keynes? That's
27: exactly the issue that we're trying to address with Milton Keynes and with the
3: private sector. You must and have an idea. It. You must have spoken to these people? What What's so attractive yeah, about absolutely. the London residents?
27: No, personally, I haven't spoken to these people. I have left Edith Balter with our Cabinet Member for Housing to do that, along with uh, with our own officers. And and
3: I'd assume so they've I reported to you, Andrew.
27: Enough. I believe that during the last fortnight, I'm actually going to catch up with Edith later today on this. She has actually had a weekend away. That's why I'm doing this interview this morning and not her. But I understand that you've interrogated her for the last two Monday mornings on it. That's absolutely oh, yes. fine. But, uh, but she's actually had a weekend away this weekend and I'm meeting up with her later this morning to see how she got on with meetings at the end of last week. that her notes that I've received said were very productive and we are making progress.
3: OK. 60, 62 families in uh, bed and breakfast in Milton Keynes, longer than the six weeks legal limit. That's, that's pretty embarrassing, isn't it?
27: It isn't good, and we recognise the position isn't good, and we recognise we've got to do something about it. Though, I mean, you would point out the worst figures, but I would, I would uh, state that that's down from over 100, which it was just over two months ago. So, I think you, you know, we are moving in the right direction, and some of the moves still the
3: worst right in there. the country outside of London.
27: The fact, the fact, the fact that we actually have to build more houses and get more social houses built in order to alleviate this problem. Something again that the other two parties, political parties have stood in the way of over the last few months actually, I think, probably underlines this, but then even if you start giving planning commissions today, they're not going to be on stream for 18 months. There isn't the supply of housing in the social rented sector. We need to be dealing with private landlords. That's what we're getting onto, despite criticism, actually, from our other two political opponents. We are getting on <laughs> and we are doing that.
3: Andrew, I do love the way that you're, you're, you're criticising Nigel Long for coming on and making a political argument out of this. And, and you, I, I think he mentioned your side twice. You've mentioned him about five or six times.
27: Well, I am, because Nigel Long has intensely He could be doing something to help this, and all he's doing is coming on the radio and making cheap politics out of it. And you're not? That isn't how you help people. No, you're, you not, help you're not making cheap politics? No, I'm not making cheap politics no. out of it. But actually, our administration is getting on and trying to do something about it. They are opposing us, and they're coming on the radio and making cheap politics about it. Forgive me, and that's rather annoying. The,
3: the extra £172,000 that's going to be spent on, on B&Bs, so how's that going to help?
27: There isn't extra being proposed to be spent. Um, What we have done over the last few years, we have made provisions in what we call demand-led reserves in order that should situations like this arise, then we call on that demand-led reserve. That, that way, we don't have overspend in the budget and get criticised for that. We don't have overspend and we don't rob from Peter to pay poor. We use the demand-led reserve. Over the last 12 or 18 months, we've used that demand-led reserve because that's what it's there for. We don't see this situation improving in the shorter term and therefore it's absolutely right that we top up that demand-led reserve. We are working to get it down, but we know there's going to be draws on it. It would not be right, and it would not be proven budgeting to allow that reserve to dwindle out to zero and then have to call on somebody else and mm-hmm. either have an overspend or rob another reserve.
3: Uh, Andrew, say there. Mary's in Hemel. Mary, you've got a point you'd like to make. What's your point?
28: Well, I'm afraid whether you like it or not, Ian, this is the, the blame for the no, shortage of private landlords lies at Gordon Brown's store. Uh, he changed the ruling that the f- rents went direct to the tenant. I know several uh, private landlords who have now withdrawn from, ca- won't have council tenants because they can't get their rent. The money's come in and go to the tenant, and they don't pay the landlord. So, of course, the landlords to say, well, I'm not going to have people living in my property for nothing.
3: Is that, is that a problem, Andrew?
27: I think, with the greatest respect to him, that was exactly the point I was trying to make. And you told me off of being partisan and party political. No, he's exactly right in what she says. This is the root of the problem. Some local authorities are further up the game than others in trying to work with the private sector to overcome this. We're trying to get ourselves at the top of the game.
3: Andrew, I appreciate your time this morning. Andrew Geary, Conservative leader of Milton Keynes Council. I didn't accuse him of being partisan and political around the point he was referring to Gordon Brown. I said, what are you going to do about it now? I, said, I didn't want to look too far into the past. But, Andrew, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. I do like the way, though, he accused um, Nigel Young of coming on and launching political attacks. And uh, Mr Geary mentioned uh, uh, the Labour Party and uh, Nigel uh, about eight, nine times. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's fun, isn't it, all of this? 08459 four double five five double five. on the subject of the lottery. Gentleman was in a lot uh, syndicate lottery lottery syndicate at work didn 't pay for a few weeks. The lottery uh, syndicate won twenty grand he didn 't get a share of course he doesn 't deserve anything Ah, but then you find out the reason he didn 't pay was in hospital with cancer. What do you think is, is it slightly slightly different then? You can go to uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR and have your say there. And lots of you have been having your say on this this morning. Let's just pick a few of these uh, at random. The other members must be pretty thick skinned, says Neil, not to give him his share. The guy had cancer. It's got to be a good reason to do the right thing. Um, Mark says on... uh, Oh, uh, we'll do it in a minute. Uh, Gary says he should have got someone else to pay it for him. Esther fleshes out the story ever so slightly. She says apparently they tried to contact him numerous times to arrange his his money. He'd been in work for several contact days and not paid or made arrangements to pay. And the syndicate coordinator said he only came in with money after the win. And he believed he'd heard about the win. So it changed things ever so slightly. Oh, 08 555 double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number. And coming up, we're playing a cracking uh, piece of uh, audio that Justin got for us this morning. Uh, we're talking about cyclists not wearing lights or having lights on their bikes. And you, you'll see it. Now it's darker. And it is dark out there. Oh, it's horrible. Now it's darker. You'll see loads of cyclists just, just dashing around in, in jeans and a dark top without any lights on. You can't see them. Well, it, it, we had a couple of cyclists speaking to Justin Dealey who said, well, you know, it's not really our responsibility and uh, if people can't see us, it's their fault and the streetlights are on and that kind of thing. Well, is that good enough? 08459 four double five five double five. play that audio in a bit. It's quarter past eight, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC
4: Three Counties Radio.
9: Got some news in for the m 40 London bound from here we go, handy cross roundabouts up to Junction 3 for Loudwater. Uh, You've got it partially blocked by two accidents. I'm just trying to spot it on the. Oh, it says camera not available. Okay, but two collisions along this stretch, tailbacks out to Junction 5, Stoke and Church. Got the usual queues going on, M25 clockwise, uh, London Coney 22 to Podspar 24. Uh, It is heavier than normal this Monday morning for the A1 Great North Road. It's because you've got some uh, problems on the A14 in Cambridges. So it's really extra busy now at the Black Cat roundabout. St. Neitz, Expect lots of company on the A428, more company than usual, and disruption on First Capital Connects between Blackfriars and East Croydon. They've been a bit uh, late finishing those engineering works, and some delays as well, about 15-minute delays. That's between Brighton and Bedford. The course of that, a broken down train. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties
3: Radio. It's 8.16. It's Monday, the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are warnings that energy bills will rise even higher because of the cost of a new nuclear power station. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. And Tesco says it's tackling waste after revealing it threw away 30,000 tonnes of food in just six months. Weather today, it's going to be murky with heavy rain. Hey! Coming up, cyclists without lights. I'll tell you now, you are shocking idiots, selfish, who should not be allowed on the road. How could anyone disagree? Well, a couple of you do, for oh, 459 455
4: 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Very interesting, Katie Hopkins, who's a businesswoman and a broadcaster. Isn't
4: it annoying when you just miss the end of something?
11: Close to the headlines, there's a full bulletin at full.
4: You have to turn the radio off. Or oh, there's just so many interesting things you don't have time to listen to them all. There's a lady here.
28: Hello, have you
4: got the treasure for me? I, have the treasure.
10: I lost him when I was 11 and he certainly made a great impression on me. Then
4: why not use BBC iPlayer Radio?
10: She developed a cocaine habit that cost her over £120 a day. You can listen again to our programmes and even see what our presenters look like.
3: You look like Mr Stamper from a James Bond film.
4: Head to bbc.co.uk and make BBC See Three Counties Radio,
10: unmissable.
3: Now, you're uh, a new convert, Jonathan Vernon Smith.
10: Yes. To the cycling world. Well, I, I wouldn't say a convert to it. Right. I'm I'm a very particular type of cyclist. Yes. I bought a bike that is specifically not for sporty people. Right. It's like a, an old-fashioned upright
3: like one. Like an old-fashioned, the kind of bike you see a vicar on in a, an old Ealing comedy.
10: Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I was thinking more kind of an Amsterdam-type bike, but uh, if you uh, think I look like a vicar, then... Um,
3: Okay. See, I imagine you cycling between churches. You imagine yourself cycling between sex shops. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so we're going from completely different directions here. Now, <laughs> how are you finding the cycle? Because it is hard work riding a bicycle. Well, particularly when you buy a bike like mine that has three gears,
10: that <laughs> is probably designed for flat countries. Yes. And not necessarily hilly Hertfordshire. You have to work harder. Uh, but I love it. Yeah. But I've bought, I've bought lights. I've seen your lights. You I my just showed you my life. lights. So you uh, anybody that hasn't got a light on is an idiot. And frankly, if you get run over, I don't think you've got anyone else to blame apart from your own stupid self. You said it. You actually said it. Well, well done. honestly, yeah. if you've not got lights on and you get run over yep. in the dark, well, you just use what brain cells you have to think of who might
3: be responsible for that. Well, according to the gentleman we're going to hear from in a bit who spoke to, uh, spoke to Justin, no, 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 no. As a driver, it's your fault. If you can't see the cycles, uh, you should go to Spec Stavers. Uh, and also, there are street lights, so why should they need them? Well, he's an idiot. Yeah. And if he gets run over, it's his
10: own fault. What's coming up on your show today? Coming up on this morning's Big Phone In, talking about this Tesco story. Oh, yes, yes. I'm asking from Nine, who do you blame... For the wasted food in this country, Hertfordshire-based Tesco has revealed it threw away 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of the year. This statistic about the, um, the salad, yeah. 70% of salad they're chucking yep. away. Yep. I mean, sure they're, they're just ordering too much salad, aren't they? Uh, yeah, well, it would appear so, yes. Nearly 70% of their salad bags end up in the bin. 35% of those are chucked away by us, the customers. I do that all the time.
3: Why do you buy sa- bags of salad? That's horrible. You know they're all sprayed with chemicals and things.
10: Well, what's the alternative? But, Buying a whole lettuce? Yeah,
3: buy a lettuce and some tomatoes.
10: Yeah. Oh, no, I buy the tomatoes. But I don't, I don't just like a lettuce in my salad. I like a variety of salad leaves. I like a bit of rocket, a little bit of spinach.
3: I never bought into the rocket thing. No? i never bought into the rocket thing i love it peppery it's just peppery grass that's all it is a rocket was about 10 years ago it became really popular and trendy to have Mm. rocket and now it's mainstream and like my mum will have rocket i'm not buying into that it's a a, rocket is a rip-off but also you've got to have one of those salad spinners
10: if you make your own, you know one of those oh. big tubs that you have to. Why? <laughs> why? Oh
3: God! I, I, well, otherwise, I, I, how do you dry your salad? I'm so close to using foul language. Just, just you just rip. You rip the leaves off. You chuck them in the bowl. You, what? So you're not washing it? All right. So you wash it. You shake it. You rip the leaves off. You 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 toss in the bowl, uh, and then you just you you know you pour your sauce over it. it sounds and you like tuck a in. very soggy
10: salad to me. Well. Apparently 35% of the bags of salad are chucked away by people like me who buy a bag. Wow. Then you have a couple of days with the salads, and then you go, you think, I'll have a nice bit of salad tonight, I'll have a nice bit of chicken and salad. Yeah. You open up your fridge, you open the salad drawer, and it's gone into a, a sticky mush. And yeah. You think, ugh, I'm not eating that. Uh, a, around half of everything they bake at Tesco apparently is binned, yeah. and 40% of apples remain uneaten, piled up in a skip. Tesco say families are wasting £700 million a year on uneaten food that ends up in the bin. Well, this morning from nine, who do you blame for this? Is it the supermarket's fault? Are they just ordering too much? Is it the supplier's fault? They're growing too much. Or is it our fault, the consumer's? Because, I mean, let me ask you now. Yeah. You go to your local supermarket, you want a bag of salad. They've not got any salad left, because they don't want to over-order it in case it gets chucked away. You're not going to be very happy, are you? Well, I wouldn't buy a bag of salad... Oh, that's right. All right, so you've gone to the supermarket, yes. you've gone to buy a lettuce, yes. and they've not got any left because they don't want to have yeah. too many, you'd be annoyed, wouldn't you? I'd live. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd live. I'd get over it. Well, from nine this morning... Sorry, I'm not uh, helping. I'm being well, ob- obstructive. No, but you would be annoying. You've got friends yes. coming round. You've said, come round for a salad.
29: <laughs> oh! Hey,
10: guys, it's Friday night. We're having a salad party. Come Who's for in for a salad, and they come round for a salad... And you've got no lettuce, you know, you're not going to be very happy. Justin, Yes, I'm having a salad
3: to... party on Friday. Do <laughs> oh. you want to come round? Please, <laughs> yeah? I am there. What a party. That sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have bowls of salad, oh. glasses of water. It'd be nice, yeah? <laughs> Unmissable.
10: Count me in. Let and me ask you both one very, very tricky question. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Frankly, if we are wasting loads of food, does it really matter? I, personally, I think it's, sh- I think it's shocking that the, the, the Tesco's thrown away 30,000 tonnes in six months. Mm. I feel I've bought the food. Yeah, so if, if you I, want to chuck it away, chuck it away. If I chuck it away, it's not going to affa- affect the, the people starving in various countries around exactly. the world. Exactly, you're
10: not going to give it to them, are you? No. You know, oh, my, my rocket's gone a bit soggy, I'm going to send it to Africa. You're not going to do that, you're going to chuck it in the bin. But does it matter if you've paid for it? Yep. If you've paid for that food, does it really matter if you chuck it away? Yep. Do, if the supermarkets have paid for it, if the suppliers have been paid for it, and then it ends up in the bin, yeah.
3: does it really matter?
6: Going on a bit, isn't he? <laughs>
3: I bet I bet you Justin. I bet you've never even had a salad in your life, have you? Hey
6: listen, I like a chicken Caesar, and that's about it. I made Justin eat my minty potatoes once. Oh, oh you did, <laughs> yes. You had me on the floor in handcuffs. We should say no more about that. <laughs> Can I go now? This is very odd. Thank you very much. Call 08459
10: 455
4: 555.
10: BBC Three Counties Radio. I like a
3: bit of chicken seas, girl. I like a bit of (laughs) chicken seas. It's not really a salad, though, is it? It's chicken. No, it's a chicken caesar salad. It's called a chicken caesar salad. Yes, it's a a salad. Okay, right. Now, listen cycling. Mm. Uh, On Friday, Stuart from Kempston uh, contacted us about the number of cyclists on the roads without lights. You've been out and about this morning speaking to people. Uh, And you've spoken, you've found a few cyclists, haven't you, who don't have lights on their bicycles?
6: I have indeed. Now, the majority, and I think it's fair to say, the majority of cyclists that that I have spoken to this morning, they do have lights on their bike. They are doing the right thing. But as you mentioned, I have found a few who also don't have lights on their bike. You're about to hear from those people now. And I simply asked those cyclists, why don't you have lights on your bike when it's dark? Here's what they had to say. I
24: just haven't. You know I'm one of these people I'm afraid that uh just haven't got lights at the moment i'm I'm thinking of getting some because it's getting darker. As, uh, as time's going on. But, um, yeah. Well, I've got high-vis on, so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if they can't see me with high-vis, they'll go uh, spec staples, you know what I mean, yeah. and, uh, and um, get some new glasses. But to me, I don't think it makes a hell of a lot of difference depending on how you ride your bike. And just a, a last
6: question on people's attitudes towards you as a cyclist out there. Do you feel like that you are still being abused simply because you're on the bike and motorists feel they own the road and not you?
24: Yeah, they do. I'm afraid um, they're very ignorant at the moment, um, and they still are. Drivers are just ignorant now. They don't even care about other cars. You know, they'll pull out in front of a car and won't even look where they're going and they expect people to stop. Then again, to flip that call, and they might say you're ignorant because you haven't got any lights on your bike. That's possibility, <laughs> but I'm afraid, you know, who's, who's, who's got the, the more power, the car or the bike? Basically, if they knock me down, then, you know, I've got no defence, whereas they have got defence. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. Uh, my mum keeps telling me to,
23: um,
3: unfortunately I do ride on the pavement, so not on the road, I don't feel it necessary, I could wear a high-vis, I could have lights, uh, I don't really need them. I mean, what would you say to anybody listening to this who
6: says that you are a danger to our roads because you're not having lights on your bike? <laughs> Well, the street streetlights on. 24-7. Almost my whole way, I'm, I'm lit the whole way by streetlights. So anybody who accuses you, and I put this in the nicest possible way, of being an idiot because you don't have any lights on your bike, you would
3: firmly dispute that, then? I would firmly dispute that and advise them to stop walking on a path or strongly advise them to open their eyes when walking. Hang on a second. I've just realised that guy's saying he doesn't even write. How old was that guy? Uh, he was probably about 21. Oh, I thought he was a boy. No. What an- what on earth is a 21-year-old man doing riding on the pavement? Well, he feels that's the safest place to be riding no, his bike. No, it, yeah, it's safer for him, but mm-hmm. it's less safe for pedestrians. I, hey, listen, if the, 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 if the uh, pavement is a cycle path and pedestrians, brilliant, fantastic, well done. Yeah. But if I'm riding on a... Uh, and I, I, I've had this. I'm walking on a pavement, and suddenly you hear a bicycle coming up behind you. Or, <laughs> get out of the way, mate! <laughs> no, 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 no. That idiot... Uh, Idiots like that, that gentleman isn't there to defend himself, but idiots like that who ride their bicycles on the pavement... Well, they deserve to... They do deserve to, to kind of get pushed by b- pedestrians and told off and shouted at. Hey, listen, you know, Ian, as I said to you earlier on,
6: you know, I've reported... Well, I'm angry, Justin. On, ...on cyclists many times working with you, and I think, you know, I think I'm right in saying this. With those two people there, there is definitely an arrogant tone to, to what they're saying. You know, we're cyclists, we get a hard time, the motorists out there, they rule the roads, and they abuse us time and time again. But I don't think there can be any excuse for any cyclist... No. Who's a responsible cyclist? Just my personal view.
3: If it's dark, you should have lights on your bike. It is simple. Someone made a good point. Yeah. Okay. No. no fair play. If cyclists reckon they can be seen in the dark, then I'll drive my car without the lights on because that's even bigger. <laughs> well, again, you could have the same point. You could say, do you know what? Well, on the M1, the M1's lit, so I'm not going to put my lights on. Lights off. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Justin Daly, thank you very much. Of course, we won't. A few texts here. Eight one three double three. Start your tech 3CR. Uh, Clive says, cyclists should have lights. If they don't and get injured, their compensation will probably be reduced and serves them right. They also should be made to have third-party insurance. Few of you saying that. Uh, um, Pam in Sundon Park. Cyclists should be made to have lights and insurance. Um, And Rick says, paper girls and boys, they should be targeted by their parents. I've seen two this morning without lights. And when the clocks go forward... Oh, do they go forward or back? Spring back, fall forward... To lose an hour's sleep at the weekend. Brilliant. I'm up early on Sunday as well. Fantastic. Oh wait, 459-455-555. See the phone lines are going mental. That means uh, something was just said that's got you angry. We'll find out what it is after the travel with Bill. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: The M40 has got the Monday morning blues. Uh, you've got it partially boxed by two accidents. It's between junctions 4, Handycross, to junction 3, Loudwater. Stop start truly M25 anti clockwise uh, from Brook Street roundabout, junction 28 to Potters Bar to towards junction 24. Heavier than usual for the A1 Great North Road. That's a bit of a crawl right now uh, at the Black Cat roundabout. That's looking slow all the way from the Kimbolton turn off. That's because of ongoing issues with the A14 in Cambridgeshire. Extra heavy as well, St. Neerts. So as you're driving towards Cambridge, that's up from St. Neerts towards Caxton. Gibbet and the M1 looking pretty slow as well from losing Airbox Road Junction ten up towards Dirt Junction eight. Quick check on the trains, got some disruption with the first couple of connects between Blackfriars and East Croydon. they had been late finishing those weekend works between New Cross and London Bridge. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across
10: beds, hearts and bugs.
4: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: half past eight, I'm Lee New The headlines, the government has announced plans to build a new nuclear power station. The plant will be built by French company EDF and backed by Chinese investors. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for planning to spend even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. The council says properties they could use are being taken up by homeless people from other areas. Tesco says it's addressing the problem of food waste by changing some of its in-store promotions and display. Plays. The supermarkets revealed it dumped almost 30,000 tonnes of food in the first six months of this year. And a man from Bletchley has missed out on his share of a lottery win because he was behind with his syndicate payments. Alan Heisman was off work being treated for cancer when the group won around £20,000. The weather will be cloudy with heavy rain this morning. Top temperatures around 17 degrees Celsius at 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Spurs are fifth in the Premier League after winning 2-0 at Aston Villa. England midfielder Andrus Townsend got the opening goal for Tottenham.
14: I've just been, uh, just been dying to get back out on the pitch. Obviously the, the, the positive press was nice but uh, you don't want to get too carried away. It's just all about playing football and I was desperate to get back on the pitch and, and I've got a goal today and I'm delighted.
0: The MK Dons needed a late winner from Patrick Bamford to see off Rotherham at the Stadium MK. The Chelsea loanee scored his 12th goal of the season to the delight of Dons manager Carl Robinson.
15: Uh, Chat with Neil Bath about him yesterday. Who was head of Chelsea Academy. I spoke to Eddie Newton on the way here, and we were talking about him. And they really care for the boy. They see a future for him. If you're a Chelsea fan, you've got a special footballer waiting for you to, to grace your pitch. His path at Chelsea is nothing to do with us. All we can do is watch it here is make him a better footballer. And I think he's uh, what was he saying 12 in the last 11 games. That's a remarkable record for a 20-year-old boy.
0: The MK Dons host Carlisle in League One tomorrow while Stevenage go to Crewe and Wickham Wanderers visit Portsmouth in League Two. Finally, Hertfordshire's Laura Trott has won her second gold medal at the European Track Cycling Championships. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at nine o'clock. Call
4: 08459
3: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now listen... This is not a cycle bash, OK? I'm uh, Cyclists, I'm not really fussed either way. I do it occasionally, not very often. I don't have particularly strong feelings against cyclists at all. Unless, unless they are idiots. And we've heard from some idiots this morning. People say, oh, I'm on my bike. It's, it, it's kind of darkish, but we don't need to have lights on. No, we don't need to have lights on. No, there are street lights on. And if a car can't see me, they should go to spec stavers." These are the people we're dealing with. Another gentleman said, oh, yeah, well, like, listen, if, if, uh, I ride my bike on the pavement, so I'm not a problem for cars. If pedestrians can't see me, then they, they, it's their problem. Hang on a minute. You ride your bike on the pavement? You're in your early 20s and you ride your bicycle on the pavement that's meant for people with two legs and with buggies and with prams, and we don't get prams anymore, but you get the point. This isn't a cycle bash, Okay. Attitudes like that, the not having lights, the riding the bicycles on the pavement, those things need to be changed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Louise is in Slip End. Good morning, Louise. Hi, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm getting annoyed with some of these naughty cyclists.
25: Me, I'm getting really cross, because, you know, some people go to spec savers, and if they're partially sighted, the glasses don't make a lot of difference. And if you're trying to walk on a path, and some cyclist comes charging down out of speed... How could an elderly person, a sight-impaired person, a disabled person, may not have the movement to move fast enough to get out of the way? And I didn't think bikes with adults
3: were supposed to be on the path. They're not supposed to be on the path. That's the incredible thing. And yet you do see, mm. it does happen. You see it happening from time to time. That fella that Justin was talking to does it. Uh, so I, 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 I remember being about 15, riding my bike on the path. A copper stopped me. He said, oi, yeah, exactly. you're old enough to get on the road now, son. I did. Never rode on the path since. I you know, I said, kids. I mean, I'm glad that all these people are getting on bikes. Good for the environment.
25: But all these children are doing cycling proficiency at school and everything, and then they're still riding on the path.
3: What is the point? Louise, thank you very much indeed. I don't want to have a bicycle bash. So, if you can phone up and defend cyclists, please do. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Steve's in Red Bull. Morning, Steve. Morning, mate. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. What's your point?
20: Um well I was down the Nikki line the other night just checking my animals and a bloke come down there, no lights on at all, and he nearly knocked me over and he was doing like twenty, twenty five mile an hour on one of his mountain bikes. And um all I got was a load of abuse from him. But then again I'll give him as much back as what he give
3: me. Well Stephen, we don't condone that behaviour, but of course, well done. Uh so so what so where exactly were you? On the Nikki line, between Emblem oh, and okay. and King Right, yeah. yes. But
20: it's it's not just the nighttime riders. It's these Saturday morning mountain bike riders. They're just as bad as what the ones with no lights are on, mm. because they've got no manners at all.
3: What do we need to do, Steve, to make cycling a little bit safer for, for the cyclists and for people like you and me?
5: Well, I don't know. It's got to be made law that they've got to have lights on their bikes, isn't it? You know, because um, if they get knocked over and you know
20: become vegetables, in that we've got to look after them again, haven't we?
3: We would have to look after them. Yes, it would be our responsibility. It seems to me, and we've mentioned this before, and no doubt we'll mention it again at some point. So I'm just taking my jacket off. It's to, finally, the heating is kicking in uh, in the studio. The, the, there's got to be some kind of licensing for cycles, hasn't there? There's got to be some kind of licensing, you would imagine. Uh, Barry says, Ian, it's illegal to ride a cycle without lights. It's also illegal to ride on footpaths. I was trying, trained by the post office as a telegram boy, Wowzers, way back in the late 50s. One evening, I was finishing a shift, 11 till 7pm, one of my lights fell while delivering. My battery failed, I was spotted by a policeman who made me get off the bike and walk. This made me have a very late finish. Too many people are now breaking too many laws and getting away with it. Lee at bbc.co.uk Avril's in Watford. Morning, Avril. Morning. Morning, Avril. What's your, your, your take on, on cyclists?
28: I've got nothing against cyclists per se, but it is illegal to drive without, to ride without lights. And I had an incident many, many years ago. I'd been out with my family and friends for the evening. I was a designated driver. Driving home, half 11 at night, absolutely teeming down with rain. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Came to a roundabout, just about to pull out, realised there was something in the vision. And it was a cyclist, in black, no lights, no reflective wear or anything. Stopped. Thought no more of it. And about 15 minutes later, and I was two or three minutes away from home, got blue flashing lights in the back of my car. Mm. So I pulled over, thought no more of it. Cars pulled in front of me, so i have stopped. There's two police cars behind me. And police officers come up. You know, you've, you've, left, you've left this place. You nearly hit a cyclist. Can you get out of the car? So I have got out of the car, pouring with rain. Um, did you not see that cyclist at the roundabout? I said, well, no lights, no reflective jackets. We're going to have to breathalyze you. Oh, and no. Three police cars, five policemen, to pull me over, to breathalyze me, because I almost hit a cyclist. And when I said, well, what about the cyclist? He was committing an offence without any lights. Oh, he's long gone. And that was it. I was absolutely horrified.
3: So had had the cyclist reported you then to the coppers?
28: No, the police, we'd come out of a club that we used to go to, I was myself, my husband and three friends, Yeah. Um, and they'd obviously seen us come out of the club, and they'd followed me home and they'd seen me almost hit the cyclist he said he couldn't stop me because he was in an unmarked car and had to wait for his colleagues in a marked car
3: so they followed you
28: yeah and there were three police cars
3: why didn't they pull over the cyclist if they saw it happen they should have followed the cyclist and said oi mate where are your lights where is your reflective jacket where, you, yeah. you know, what are you doing
28: they had my registration number they could have had a policeman waiting for me as I pulled about inside my house
3: Absolutely incredible, Avril. Thank you very much uh, indeed. We, if, if we get time before the end of the show, we may play that uh, interview that Justin did with two two cyclists earlier on who said they don't do, do, do need to wear lights, do, 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 we don't need to have lights on. It's the responsibility of the car drivers and the pedestrians to uh, see what's going on, to keep their eyes and their ears open. The thing is... We've all been surprised, if we're drivers, or indeed pedestrians, we've all been surprised by cyclists suddenly coming up behind us or coming on the inside or or shooting out of a corner. And I'm not knocking all cyclists. Please, if you're a cyclist, uh, this isn't your usual cycle bash, Okay, I've, I've not got strong feelings either way. There are some brilliant cyclists. There are some awful drivers. Of course, there are some awful pedestrians as well. But we're talking specifically about the very, very naughty cyclists, the ones who don't wear lights, who don't wear helmets... Who ride on the pavement? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Stuart's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Stuart. Morning, Ian. Go on, Stuart. What have you got?
11: Yeah, I, I just think. Um, I mean, like, like you said, I don't want it to sound like a cycle bash, but um, I think you know that there are obviously cyclists out there that do know how to wear the safety equipment and that. But the majority, I mean, going off the back of that chap that said that um, there's drivers have no drivers are ignorant. I, I throw it back at him and say that. The majority of cyclists that I see are ignorant. I mean, they have n- they have a complete lack of respect for the basic highway code. Like, everybody knows. You don't need to have lessons to know that you need to stop at a red traffic light. I just see I just see these cyclists just zipping straight through. I was in London yesterday with my children, and we were crossing a zebra crossing. All the cars stopped for us, and the cyclists just went straight across oh. and immediately knocked over. And did
3: he say anything to you?
11: I just uh, so it was, on a, it was in um, Islington in London on Upper Street, so it was like extremely busy.
3: No, very well, yeah.
11: Um, but but the, the main thing I wanted to say is, I mean, obviously, obviously there's focus on the um, not wearing, not having any lighting equipment. But the thing that drives me nuts is where they don't wear helmets. Because uh, myself, I, I, I'm a personal injury claims handler, and I see horrific injuries from these cyclists that don't wear helmets. I see them with. fractured skulls and pieces of their ears hanging off. And I just think, you know, if if they just have a bit of respect, I mean, you don't need to have any lessons to know that you need to wear a seatbelt in a car. Mm. Everybody knows you need to be safe and wear a seatbelt. It should be a law that the cyclist should wear helmets and have lights.
3: Stuart, thank you very much. I've had that in London. Uh, Crossing a zebra crossing and a cyclist, a courier on a bicycle. Oh, those people courier on a bicycle came zooming through the zebra crossing didn't stop and he swore at me he swore at me cheeky uh, let's, let's to be honest i swore at him back and then he put his brakes on and turned round, and i ran uh jenny's in milton Keynes. good morning jenny good morning Ian. are you gonna fight up and defend cyclists
30: no oh definitely not go on well first of all um It's not illegal for cyclists to ride on the pavement, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, and I was shocked to find this out. How I found it out was a couple of years ago, a cyclist knocked me down and put me in hospital. While I was walking on the pavement, it crashed straight into me and knocked me down, Ian. Oh, dear. It was absolutely terrible. I was in plaster for six weeks on my arm. And um, when I spoke to the police, they said, well, it's not illegal for them to be riding on the pavement. And round my way, Milton Keynes, even the specials are all kitted out with all their gear, right, Yeah, and riding on the pavements. And they say, well, it's because the roads are too dangerous for us. Well, the special constables are riding on the pavements? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I can remember phoning Jonathan on his programme and telling him, and he couldn't believe it. Well, I can't believe it. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it?
3: Well, that's awful if they're doing that. It is. And uh, did, did you did the cyclist say anything when he knocked you down?
30: Well, he well he well yeah, because he as I went to the ground, he obviously had to stop. Yeah. And uh, he was as shocked as I was because it was dark as well, and he was almost as shocked as me and he just kept on apologising but I was just just in shock and um, when the ambulance come to get me before I got in the ambulance I I remember hitting him with my good arm
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jenny!
30: (laughs) Good for you. It was awful, though, Ian. It really was. Because now, when I'm out walking, I'm always looking behind me on the pavement because I, you know, I think about it all the time. And nine times out of ten, there's one coming up behind me on the pavement.
3: Yeah, you don't want anyone coming up behind you. It's awful. And it might be a special constable.
30: <laughs> yay, yes, sometimes Je- it is.
3: Jenny, thank you very much indeed. Jenny Milson Keynes, d- 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 terrible story. I'm glad she can laugh about it. But listen, and I'm not knocking cyclists. Cyclists, you've got 15 minutes of this show. Call up and defend yourselves, please. Please. Because I don't, it's so easy to do a show where we, we, we bash cyclists. It's easy. Uh, and that's not what I want to do. So I don't hate cyclists. I don't have particular beef against them. Sometimes I am a cyclist. 08 455 555. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. You can also send me an email, uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, iain.lee. Right, it's coming up to a quarter to nine. Let's get the latest travel now. Travel news for beds,
9: cards, and bugs.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
9: It's all kicking off for the M40. This is southbound, partially blocked by two accidents, in fact, from High Wycombe, uh, Handy Cross, Junction 4, up towards Junction 3 for Loudwater. If you're caught up in those delays, that's the reason why. There have been two collisions along that stretch. Tellbacks now to Junction 5. Um, London bound M1. I want to mention this because our sensors and cameras are showing us heavy traffic from Flitwick at 12 to Dunstable at Junction 11. No reason that's where we're aware for those delays, but certainly do be aware of that. That's your journey to work. Uh, severe delays, A428 St. Nears towards Cambridge, avoiding queues on the A14. Getting lots of calls and they're saying it's taking over an hour. Heavy than usual as well for the A1 Great North Road. And uh, Public transport delays for up to 15 minutes for First Capital Connect between Brighton and Bedford. Uh, there was a broken down train at Haywards Heath. That's what's causing that. And uh, also you've got some late trains with First Capital Connect between Blackfriars and East Croydon. That's because uh, they have been late finishing the engineering works between New Cross and London Bridge. Bill Sheldrake,
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Bill. it's Monday the 21st of October. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government's announced a deal to build Britain's first new nuclear power station in a generation. Milton Keynes Council is being criticised for spending even more money putting homeless people in bed and breakfast accommodation. And Tesco says it's tackling wastage after revealing it threw away 30,000 tonnes of food in just six months. Coming up, a Bletchley man hits out at members of his lottery syndicate. They cut him out for not paying. He's got cancer. They want some money. Should he get any of it? 08459 five nine four We'll talk about that. And cycles... After the weather from Kate?
4: Beds, hearts
17: and bucks weather.
10: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: Good morning. Well, the rain is slowly edging its way in towards the west at the moment. It's going to start off quite light, but already we're starting to see the heavier stuff arrive as well. We're going to see it for most part of the morning, and then later on this afternoon, we should get a little bit of respite. But the wind is gathering speed all the while. A southerly, southwesterly breeze strengthening through the course of the day, so wet and windy. The temperature, though, remaining mild. We're looking at a maximum of maybe 17, possibly 18 Celsius. Overnight, tonight, some outbreaks of rain around the wind will ease off a little but not enough to make too much of a distance, so, difference rather, so it's still quite a windy night, but the minimum temperature staying very mild, only dropping down a few degrees, 14 Celsius, 57 degrees in Fahrenheit, tomorrow again wet and windy but we're hanging on to that mild air, the temperature for Tuesday 17 or 18 Celsius, that's your forecast
23: Tuesday night is most definitely a night for football. Never mind your European football. We've got live League One and League Two action to choose from.
12: 1-0 to MK Dons. MK
23: Dons are at home to Carlisle. Stevenage away to Crew.
1: He buries
23: and Wickham travel to Portsmouth. Lovely chip from him. Lovely goal. Lovely, lovely, lovely. With live commentary on all three games.
3: Choose your team, Tuesday night from seven, in Three Counties Sport. Cyclists have been getting a bashing this morning. I don't want it to be a cycling bash. So Richard in Welling Garden City has called up. He's a cyclist. Good morning, Richard. morning, What would you like uh, to say?
31: Yes, I'd just like you to inform you. Just because you see somebody cycling on the pavement, you think you're actually in the wrong. Well, in actual fact, they are not. A lot of pavements are now designed for cyclists and pedestrians. Yes. So while I put that down to you as a lady journalism.
3: And no, a, no, Richard, I put that uh, down to... Can I, can I... Can I no, do?
31: no, just because you see somebody okay, cycling on. on the pavement, yep. you just assume, oh, why, this, you know... Well, it's actually a fact they're quite entitled. Uh, okay. Why would within their right to cycle on the pavement? Not all pavements... But a lot of pavement,
3: Richard. Can I come back? Yes, you can. You, you accuse me of lazy journalism. Yes. I, may yes. I accuse you, sir, of lazy listening?
31: Well, no, because all it is to me is uh, cycle bashing.
3: No, can that's I? Can I, can I accuse you of lazy listening? No, no. I, well, I, but, but I, shall I? Shall I highlight why? Yeah. Because I did say that some uh, pavements are designated as cycleways and for pedestrians as well, and I was perfectly fine with those. No, that's not the impression you were given. That's that. Well, that's the sentence I said. Yeah. See, it's not it's not about an impression richard yeah. that's the sentence i actually said
31: no no because you're listening to all these people phony Oh, the cycling on the pavement. No. woman was on the boat she was knocked down by which yeah could maybe right perhaps she, was, she went to
3: hospital for six weeks you well, can't be defending that can you no
31: but we don't yeah if, but, but if richard, people are walking on the pavement yeah which are designed for cycling. they've got yes. to take care as well even though they're walking on a pavement, yeah. because that pavement is designed for
3: cyclists. Some of them are, a minority of them are, well, and, I, and I did say that, Richard, so yeah. naughty you for not listening. Can I just read you um, something from the Highway Code? Yeah, you can. Thank you. Question, is cycling on the pavement against the law? Answer, yes. So, when it's yeah. not de- designated as, uh, 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 as to be shared with pedestrians yeah. and cycles, it is against the law.
31: Well, then, that, that, could not you just re- read that again?
3: Yes, certainly, from the Highway Code. Question.
31: But what were they? Day, what day was that printed?
3: I, I, I don't know what day no. that was printed. Well, there you are. Question. It's it's the recent one. Is cycling... What? Sorry? Is cycling on the pavement against the law? Answer. What? Yes. Is Cy-
31: cycling on... It is, it should have, well, in that case, you would have said, is cycling on old pavements?
3: No, no. Richard, right. you're, you're desperately clutching at straws, sir, no, and I no, appreciate you, you trying to straw. do that.
31: No, no. No, because th- at the end of the day, yes, I agree, a lot of cyclists do cycle without. Lights, I've seen it myself. And it's
3: shocking, isn't it? They shouldn't yes, be allowed I to.
31: appreciate that. Shocking. But at the moment, as far as I'm concerned, most of the drivers are ignorant. No, no, lying. no, 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 Richard, Richard, Richard. that's so that is fantastic. you know. But but the cyclists. I say that's an experience okay. of being cut up uh, okay. on roundabouts, on turnings, etc.
3: Okay, but cyclists should be wearing lights, shouldn't they? Yes, of course. And if should. they are not wearing lights and they get hit, that's that's probably their fault.
31: Yeah, well, on the same time... And if cyclists are riding
3: on pavements that that are not designated as cycle pathways, then they are idiots, aren't they?
31: If... Yes, but you're
3: quoting something from the highway code. I'm something from the There's highway code. There's only the rules of the road and the papers. Yeah. Well, my dad, that's that's below yeah. the belt for me to do that, Richard. Yeah, Fair play.
31: Anyway,
3: thank you for listening. It's a pleasure, and, and you try and listen a little bit better next time. Uh, yeah, that is That is a low argument, isn't it, for me to quote the rules and the laws of the road. That is sneaky, and I apologise for that. That's naughty on my part. Um, Very naughty of me. That was sent in by April. April, thank you for that. I I, uh, appreciate that. It came in at just the right moment. Now, a Bletchley man is criticising workmates who cut him out of their winning lottery syndicate when he couldn't keep up with payments. Alan Heisman heard his colleagues had won £20,000 while he was off work undergoing cancer treatment. And while he admits signing an agreement that non-payment of syndicate fees would lead to expulsion, he feels they should have given him his share of the winnings, about £2,500. £2,500. Justin Dealey has been out, seeing if uh, you have any sympathy. Justin, we're meant to be impartial on this, Mm. but I'm keen to get your opinion. Well, do you know what? I see both sides. I think, you know, if
6: you've got somebody who is in hospital and they're suffering with cancer, you know, signing or or paying money into a syndicate is not going to be his top priority. I would probably, (laughs) if I was a good friend, if I was a good friend, I would probably go into work and say, right, guys, this is the situation. Let's give Alan something. If not the full amount, let's
3: give him something. So if he's a good friend... Fair play. Mm, exactly. Supposing it was someone like Scoynes or, or someone like that you don't no, get no, on with? No. You wouldn't give them money? No. OK, fantastic. Well, you've <laughs> been talking to people this morning. What have they been saying? <laughs> yeah, but asking people if they have uh, sympathy for Alan. Here's what people have had to say. Uh, yes, I
6: have. He should be paid. Despite the fact he wasn't paying into that syndicate when they won? Well, it's not his fault he had cancer, was it? I could have put the money in for him. He should
23: get
3: a cut.
17: Yeah, I think morally... They should give him a few few thousand pounds and be friends. Yeah, but legally he hasn't got a leg to stand on, but he has he had got cancer. So I think as friends and as good people, they should pay him something.
6: So you don't think he's entitled to anything. Can you tell us why you believe that? Uh, I think this sort of
9: thing has happened before, uh, where people have had a syndicate and because... That they never collected the money off of a certain person who was in the syndicate. They said, "No, you're not. Uh, you're not entitled to any of the winnings because you haven't paid your
6: money." So he wasn't in it
3: to win it. So he doesn't deserve anything. Quite right. I've got to be honest, Justin. Yes, if he hadn't paid, tough luck. Even though he had cancer, tough, well, double tough luck. I, listen, if it was you, yeah. And uh, it's a very morbid conversation right Hypotheticals. Yeah. But if it was you, I'd say look, Justin, I'm really sorry, mate. Y- y- you weren't in it to win it. Uh, I hope you're feeling better. H- here's 100 quid from my share. <laughs> I'll give you, a- if I'd won two and a half grand, I'd give you 100 quid from my
6: share. But that's something, though, isn't it? Well, At least that's a gesture of goodwill, because you're a friend. You've done something. You've made an effort. You sound, I'll be honest.
3: Yeah, go on. I was expecting a bit more of a thanks for the 100 pounds than that. Well, you look, still what, you, you, you still sound a little bit grudgy. No, no, I, w- I would say
6: thank you. you you're, you're doing something. You'll be doing, in my opinion, the right thing. Morally, that's the right thing to do.
3: I I would say I'm doing more than something. (laughs) I'm making quite... I'm I'm, I'm reconsidering this. I'm I'm making actually an over-generous gesture that I don't actually have to do. You don't have to do it, but... So so I'd like a bit more... Flip the coin for a second, Ian. If it
6: was you, you know I'll do the same thing. I don't know that.
3: Uh, Of course you know that. Because I'd like to think of myself as a decent person. I know you would, but it's what <laughs> everyone else thinks. Did you find anybody who had any sympathy for Mr. Heisman? Well, we had a couple of people at the start there um, who had sympathy, you know, because if somebody is in cancer. Oh, so yes, you, sorry, yes, you had did. A yes. Cu-
6: we had a, cu- had a couple yeah. of people, but, you know, a lot of people this morning, again, can see both sides. It's quite a long, drawn out process yes. because some people say, yes, he deserves money, but then you say legally he hasn't got a leg to stand on. He's out. And that's where the argument finishes.
3: The lottery is. Uh, uh, is it—is it two quid now?
6: Yeah, it's gone up to £2 pounds from £1. Pound.
3: It, it, it's a, It's an idiot's tax,
6: dear listener. Mm. I know.
3: Do you do it? No, I don't because no. I just think, what's the point? Yeah. I'm never going to win, so no. what's the point? Exactly. And, and, and if you're listening at home, you're never going to win. You <laughs> are never going to win. Add up the amount you've spent, subtract the amount you've won, and, and that shows you how much of a sucker you are.
6: Well, there's a chance, I suppose, but such a slim chance. What's the point? What's the point?
3: Uh, you've got, d- d- have you been speaking to people about the lottery
6: going up? Yes, uh, going up to uh, £2 from one, of course. People are furious about this, Ian. Here's what people have had to say
31: it's, I think it's scandalous, just pure greed. And the ordinary person can't afford £2. The pound is dear enough. So uh, I'll champion buying any £2 tickets from now on. Never again, no. Finished, I'll try something else. Well, I say they've made millions over the years and they're just plain greedy. And the ordinary man, the recession on everything, they can't afford this. So they disgust you? Of course they disgust me. I've never seen
5: such greed in my life.
23: Loads of people said, well, I'm well, not doubling my output so
5: I'm just going to pack it
0: in you're not even going to buy one ticket a week no it's it's disgusting working men can't afford it you know what I mean no one can afford it they want uh, more money for charities and things like that they're just stingers again people ain't got the money to to do it they will lose out
3: the thing is Justin right if you can't afford the lottery I don't know here's a small suggestion don't do the lottery. <laughs> put that quid or that two quid, put it in a jar at the end of the year, go and, go and have a slap-up meal somewhere or buy a nice present for the missus. Don't, it, it's, it's, it's not a God-given right that we have to give our money to Camelot every week. But the thing is, you know, some people,
6: they go out and they spend £20 a week because it's a bit of fun. Oh. You know, they can sit there every Saturday and they can watch, not and one week they might win a tenner, and isn't it great? You know, it's, not, it's not for me personally.
3: But you do, you do, I do feel sorry and sad when you see old people... With like five sheets of lottery cut things. They've all, so they're all sp- right, spending 20, 30, 40. I saw someone spending 60 quid on the lottery once yeah, in the news is. days. You just think. What, why would you? Why would you do that? In saying that, though, you know, on a Saturday, if they're
6: watching the lottery and they've spent their money, they may see that as fun. You know, a bit like what? some people
3: may see going to New York to watch the monkeys as fun. Hey, listen, don't steady on now, young man, because yeah. at least I was getting something spiritual out of that—not <laughs> yes. an empty, uh, empty. I met two of David Jones's daughters at the weekend and his sisters. Oh, right. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, well, lovely. I was, I was chatting to his, his daughter, and I thought, well, at one point, at what point in the conversation do I tell her my name is not Tom? <laughs> I didn't bother telling her. <laughs> I, I let her carry on with that. Oh, bless you, uh, Justin. Thank you very much indeed. We'll do we'll do the lottery again because it's always a fun one. I, d- I don't get Justin says oh it's a bit of fun. You sat in front of the telly with it. Where's, where's the fun in, in um, feeling desolate, broken hearted, and and penniless? Where's the where's the, where's the entertainment value in that? Going to New York was an experience. I met dozens of people I'd never met before. I was entertained. I had great food. I was it was wonderful. Save up your lottery money for a year and go to New York, that's what I'd say. Right, it's coming up to, well it is 8.58, it's time to get the latest travel now. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
9: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 not having a good time this morning. London bound, partially blocked by two accidents between Junctions 4 and 3. Bit of a call now from Stoker Church Junction 5. News just in, actually, for Harpenden. Uh, are you in Harpenden right now? Station Road, you've got that part partly blocked. It's a double-decker. It's just got stung underneath the bridge, so you've been diverted via Victoria Road. So, uh, more updates on that one, please, if that's OK. Uh, heavy than usual as well for the A1 Great North Road as well. And uh, you've got some disruption for the trains this morning between Blackfriars and East Croydon because of the late finishing of engineering works between New Cross and uh, London Bridge. Also, the A421 at the N1 Junction 13. You've
3: got that partly blocked as well, following a collision. Bill Sheldrake, BBC Three Counties Radio. Bill, thank you very much indeed. There is nothing... I hope no-one's injured, but there is nothing finer, is there, than seeing a bus stuck under a bridge. It really is a sight to behold. Right, that's it, that's your lot. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. You can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. More and more of you getting in touch that way. Thank you very much indeed. JVS is up next. Until six tomorrow from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across
4: beds, hearts and bucks.
10: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. It's Monday. Start of a new week. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and on today's big phone-in, does it really matter if we chuck loads of food away? Hertfordshire-based Tesco has revealed it threw away...